We are taking it back to the year 2010, reliving the classic St. John's Red Wings and DeWitt Panthers, the high-scoring game. Going to turn, turn things over to the man, the myth, the legend, Ted Patel, the Z92.5 sports guy. Him at Bart Matthews calling the action live. I'm going to scroll on out of here, enjoy the game, relive the classics, get ready, have some fun. We'll see y'all on Tuesday right here with Z92.5, the castle. Uh, great game tonight, St. John's Red Wings, DeWitt Panthers. Here we go. Hey, sports fans, it's a great day at Sports Scene. Pick up a copy of our newest magazine at your local high school sporting event or at a retail outlet near you. Great stories on your favorite high school and student athletes. Looking for sports photos? Sports Scene has them. We are at the games. Check us out at highschoolsportscene.com. See thousands of photos and stories at highschoolsportscene.com. Keeping our high schools and student athletes in the news. Z92.5 The Castle is a proud supporter of high school sports and sports scene. Castle Classic right here on Z92.5. Our presentation tonight is our encore of the exciting Week 9 matchup at CMU of the St. John's Red Wings versus the undefeated 8-0 DeWitt Panthers from 2010. Our sponsors tonight include Alderman's and Lennon, Allaby and Brubaker Insurance, Appleby Oil and Propane, Beck's Trailer Superstore and Service Center, CLH Insurance, Fast Eddie's, Farrell's Tree Trimming and Removal, Gilbert's Hardware and Appliance, Graham's Accounting, Hub Tire Center, KP Auto Body, Memorial Healthcare, Mid-State Sales and Service, Mid-City Excavating, Oaks Fisher Insurance, Ovid Service Agency, Postal Connections, Sports Scene, Three Point Podcast, Victory Heating and Cooling, Young Buick GMC, Young Chevrolet Cadillac, and our drive of the game. The drive of the game is brought to you by Young Chevrolet Cadillac Buick GMC on M21 in Owasso. Saluting all mid-Michigan athletes. Drive on in or go online at youngautosales.com. Well, every week before the game, we're going to feature a pregame interview with a player, coach, or a media member who will reminisce with me a bit before the kickoff of the game. Tonight we welcome longtime coach of the St. John's Red Wings, Dave Marigy. Now, Dave, uh, welcome to tonight's Castle Classic. And I guess the first question I want to throw at you in this you know, crazy year of 2020 and COVID and no live games, uh, how, how are things going in your life? You know, they're, getting, they're going great, actually. I can't, can't complain. And first I want to say I appreciate you guys doing these rebroadcasting. It's a great idea, and all the sponsors staying on board. I think that's a pretty awesome deal. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're fine. Our family's good. Everyone's a bit health, and um, you know, that's the most important thing. We're just all adapting like everybody else. 
in some ways, it's just you're along for the ride, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we're going to be replaying the 2010 game. Now, uh, catch us up a little bit, re maybe refresh my memory. You were a longtime head coach over there at St. John's. How many years did you uh, walk the sidelines there as the head varsity football coach? 19 years, and then, you know, three years before that with Bob McConnell, the defensive coordinator. So, you know, 22 years, and then, uh, you know, just kind of needed a little bit of a change last year, and so I decided to step back and coach the freshman, which was a true joy last year. I had a blast with those guys. Yeah, you know, no matter what people say, when you are the head varsity football coach, which, which really is the, the marquee sport and, you know, jams the stands and there's a lot of expectations, you know, it's, even though it's fun, it's probably nice to step away from that hot stress and, and still be involved in coaching football, right? I think, you know, one of the things that you have to be careful of as head coach is losing the joy of, of going out there and just working with kids. And I, I think sometimes that you let the other things, you know, we're all competitive people, and you let other things kind of cloud that. And, uh, you know, I, I felt like I had a pretty good balance, you know, most of the time. But uh, as I said when I left a couple of years ago, it was, just, it was just time, you know. I just wanted to do some different things in the summer that I couldn't do. And, and um, But as long as you're enjoying the kids, you know, I mean, that's why I want to still coach because uh, I do enjoy being out there. Completely different level to freshman, but uh, a whole lot of fun, too. Well, you know, I've always been impressed with the St. John's system. Uh, you know, your athletic director, Chris, does a great job. And I know probably, I'm just going to assume this, that before you stepped away officially and, you know, when they were going to do a search for another coach, uh, it was kind of was a no-brainer to get Andy Schmidt back, uh, one of your former players who actually led the Red Wings uh, to uh, a state championship appearance. In fact, we have the semifinal game against Allen Park coming up a little later on the schedule. But uh, tell us a little bit about that whole transition from you stepping down and Andy coming in. You know, it's been great. I mean, to have somebody take over that uh, that you coached is uh, it's a pretty special thing. And, and, you know, just he was such a great leader and still is. And it's fun to watch him just go, wow, I remember when I was, you know, 30 years old, had all that energy. <laughs> and and uh, I guess I consider myself a guy that had a lot of energy on the sideline and, and coaching. And, and that's tough to sustain if that's your M.O., you know, that you're just an excitable guy. And, and, and uh, to do that for a long time, it just took its toll, I guess, on me. And it's like it's kind of fun to see the sort of rebirth. I won't say he's me, you know, because he is his own person, but uh, just to see that young energy and that enthusiasm again. It's been a joy to watch. Yeah, and also you get to be a little bit of a mentor, obviously, you know, working with the freshmen and, and helping out. So, I mean, that's, that's just an awesome uh, transition that was done over there. Well, let's get to the game. I mean, it was a wild shootout back to 2010. We'll, we'll test your memory a little bit here. I know this must have been right when they were doing construction at the, at the uh, campus there at St. John's because the game was played up at uh, CMU and Kelly Short Stadium. But uh, just let's just start out with some of your memories of that big win. Yeah, you know, that was first of all, you talk about Chris uh, doing a great job with the program. You know, I think he even came up with the idea, like, hey, maybe we should move a couple of games to, you know, to see if Central will do it. And at the time, um, Dave Hickey was the athletic director, and I went to school with Dave, you know, at East Lansing at Albion mm -hmm. College as well. So it was kind of, I think we had a little bit of an in, and uh, <laughs> boy, it was a special thing for our players and our fans to, to be able to do that. So uh, I just remember the excitement. I think that's the first time we played Hansel up there, too, but I believe that was. Uh, in 2011, so uh, that was the first time we played up there, and um, it was just neat to be, uh, you know, to, to be at a, a college stadium, and, and it was a huge crowd that night, and I, I believe DeWitt was number one in Division three or four coming in, so yes. I remember that going into the game. Well, I know when you play on turf, you know, the, the players love it because you just feel so much faster, and I know one of the highlight kids was Andrew Mulliken. He had 157 yards and three touchdowns. He was a pretty special player for you on that team. 
he was fast, man. He was he was very fast. Of course, they had the Higby brothers, and uh, they were uh, not only fast, they were pretty jittery, so <laughs> the turf could work both ways. But, uh, yeah, I think about some of the guys we had on that team with, you know, Carnival and Moynette and uh, Colin Wilson. I mean, we, we had some we had some kids that could hold their own, certainly, in a, in a race. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, I won't spoil everything, but I know uh, Moynette's going to have a little bit of a – a factor in our drive of the game. Mason Stahls also had a huge play in that game with a 90-yard interception return that I really kind of think kind of turned the tide. And Maybe you guys thought at that point, hey, you know what, I think we're going to beat these guys, or at least we're going to be right in it the rest of the way. You know, it takes big plays against to do it, you know, to, to get that, that belief, I think, sometimes on the sideline. And, you know, I was talking to my defense coordinator, John Archambault, about that. You know, you're, didn't the Masals have a big pick in that game? I'm like, yeah. He's like, on the other sideline. And I, I, I start chuckling and remember that we both run down the sideline like we were something special, trying to catch him, you know, mm-hmm. just laughing. Oh, what a great play that was. What a, but it's the tight turner. I think we we did a couple toss passes in that game, too. And I think of Conival through to Moynette, I believe. Or Moynette to Conival. Not sure, but we'll hear it tonight, I'm sure. Absolutely. Well, before I ask you about maybe some of your memories as the head coach overall, uh, just talk a little bit about what it means to have a big rival game. And I mean, DeWitt and St. John's has been a huge rivalry forever. And, you know, and also in our mid Michigan area, there are other rivalries. But uh, what was it like? always teeing it up against those guys, especially head-to-head with Zimmerman over there. Well, yeah, obviously, just, you know, outstanding coach and uh, unbelievable program. To do what they've done is just beyond imagination. I mean, really, for a lot of guys. And if we talk about it, how do you do that, you know, for so many years. Um, you know, fortunately, we, we, they weren't in our league at that time. And we got them on week nine for, I think, maybe four or five years before they you know, came into our, our division of the conference. And I think that was a little of an advantage for us because, you know, they were they were 8-0 or 7-1, and usually going to that game already in the playoffs. Yep, 8-0. Sometimes, yep. yeah. But, I mean, every time we played them, they were either 8-0. Oh, right. <laughs> and I think they had won their conference. So I think that game maybe at that time meant a little bit more, you know, to our kids um, possibly. I don't know. I can't speak for, for DeWitt's players. But it's when it sort of formed into a rivalry. I tell you, it was very difficult to move the ball against them, very difficult to stop them. And we had to do a lot of weird things. And one of the things you probably wouldn't catch in that game is we, we ran a lot of toss to Moynette. And there was a couple times, for whatever reason, the play got miscalled in the huddle. And the whole line went the wrong way. And we tossed the ball the opposite way of the line. And it worked because they were, I think they were keying our guards. And their whole defense ran the other way. And we're just tossing to a guy with no block. It's crazy. He got like 20 yards on one of them, I think. Or, something crazy like that but uh true story we didn't do that on purpose oh, no just like you, just like you drew it up on the chalkboard <laughs> exactly uh all right before yeah. we, before we wrap up this part of it and get to the game dave i just want to can you kind of reflect back now you've been out of the head coaching job there for a couple of years anyway but looking back at your career some of your main memories there um besides this you're talking about or just overall yeah overall in your whole coaching career over I, there i tell you overall i just feel like i've been blessed to be in that district, you know, as both a teacher and a coach for, you know, so many years. I, kids just, we just have great kids. I mean, they're tough and they work hard and they listen and, and same way in the classroom, you know, in the community, so supportive and uh, of what you do and, you know, all the, the businesses in town, half of them used to list it off in uh, pregame and and I, I guess I can just say the memory and, the, and my coaching staff, you know, just what a blast to work with those guys and still still work with them. And, and uh, you form a lot of really tight, the close little family there with the coaching staff and, and uh, to be able to 
coach kids that are just willing to do what you ask them to do is uh, those are my best memories. I guess sometimes you forget the individual games. Obviously, some are bigger than others, but yeah, I guess that's my favorite memory is just having the joy of working with those guys. Outstanding class act, Dave Vergi. Uh, we appreciate you checking in with us, and I want to tell our listeners it's almost time for kickoff. Let's get back to the future, to 2010, and Kelly Short Stadium at Central Michigan University for this week's Castle Classic. WJSE, Ashley Owasso, C92.5, The Castle. This C92.5 Castle Classic football game was previously recorded from a prior broadcast. Well, we certainly want to thank all our sponsors for helping bring you this game, and, you know, it's the regular season finale and we may be ending with our best game of the season to win. Undefeated on the campaign, averaging over 41 points a game. They are speed on speed, taking on the St. John's Red Wings and their wing key, primarily a running attack for Coach Dave Maragy, and it's uh, going to be an interesting battle here. It's become quite a rivalry. In the last four meets, these teams have split a couple of fine programs in our Lansing area. Yeah, it's been a great way for both these teams to end the season and get ready for the playoffs. We are at CMU at Kelly Short Stadium. A little history lesson for you fans out there. Kelly Short Stadium named after former CMU coaching great Kenneth Bill Kelly. He coached up here from 1951 to 1966. And also our Kelly Short, a prominent uh, Mount Pleasant banker and also a CMU grad. First college game here played at the stadium was November 4th, 1972 in front of 17,000 fans. The Chippewas down Illinois State 28-21 in the first collegiate game ever played on AstroTurf in Michigan. How's that for a little stat for you there, man? That is quite a bit of information there. I almost remember that game. Well, we have a full moon rising to the east of us here coming up over the stadium. we got a nice crowd on hand here, especially over on the home side. Uh, as we mentioned earlier this season, we are going to be bringing you this game, St. John's going through a lot of renovations over there at that school district. Uh, talking with Chris Irvin, they, uh, they had a millage pass for $62 million doing a lot of different upgrading of the school facilities, including the football stadium. And uh, since they were expecting a large crowd, which I would guess would be somewhere around uh, maybe four or 5,000 fans, they just didn't have room for it. It's a St. John's home game up here at Mount Pleasant, so they paid a little money out to the Chippewas to get the rights to be here tonight. We're glad to be here, kind of a prelude to the playoffs for us. Yeah, it makes us very, very happy. What a great facility. Very, very comfortable comfortable confines here at our alma mater, CMU, so we're glad to make the little journey up here to Mount Pleasant. The uh, St. John's band on the field entertaining the crowd with their halftime performance, and they're going to be getting ready for the national anthem here in just a little bit. I should tell you, stay with us at halftime, because we're going to keep it here at the press box, and we'll update you on the statistics and uh, the other items that are going on, including some of these scores, halftime scores from throughout mid-Michigan that will be phoned in to our buddy Bart Matthews. But we'll also have a special interview here at halftime. We'll be talking with Al Nelson of Cellular Connections out of St. John's. Uh, talk a little bit about his business, but also we'll talk about some things near and dear to his heart, and you're going to want to join us for that as uh, we'll be talking about a scholarship fund that has been set up in honor of his son, Andrew, who uh, just tragically was killed in action in Iraq a couple of years ago, and but his memory lives on, so we'll talk with Al a little bit about that as well. Panthers come into the contest tonight, a perfect 8-0 for Rob Zimmerman, the former Perry High School player and graduate. 
He's known his 12th campaign as the head coach at DeWitt, 121 and 46 in his coaching career. Pretty impressive numbers there. They went 12 and 1 last year, losing in the semifinals to Orchard Lake St. Mary. Speaking of DeWitt, in the decade of the 2000s, they went 102 and 21. And uh, since the playoff uh, system started in Michigan, they've had 16 playoff berths, 15 league titles, and they made it to the championship game three times, but were runner-up all three times. St. John's, on the other hand, coached by Dave Marigy, now in his 11th season, 83 and 56, six and two on the season. They'll be going to the playoffs once again. In the playoff uh, era, they have nine playoff berths. 10 league championships and of course we certainly remember 2004 where they uh, lost a tight one to Lowell never had any ball control uh, any field possession in that second half or it would have been maybe a different story as that was one heck of a game and uh, their quarterback Andy Schmidt had one whale of a run we talked about uh, the St. John's league titles they were able to share the championship in the Capital Area Conference, uh, their division this year with Mason and Sexton, as Mason upset Sexton last Friday night. So, a high championship for the Red Wings. And the Red Wings were the only team to beat Mason this year. Yep. Tonight on our sister station, just down the road, WMLM 1520 The Big M, is the matchup between Shepherd's Blue Jays at Ithaca. And uh, there was nobody at the stadium when we drove by there a little earlier tonight, coming up 27. But I'm sure they're going to get a big crowd to, to watch Alex Ziznak and uh, those Ithaca Yellow Jackets taking on the Blue Jays of Shepherd. And then tomorrow on 1520, the Big M, Montebella at St. Louis. They'll take on the Sharks in that one. So a lot of football here in mid-Michigan radio. Also tonight... Uh, got a good baseball matchup. Game six, the Rangers and the Yankees. Texas leads that series 3-2. to two. The Yankees holding on with a win last night. A little bit of a surprise with uh, both uh, the Rangers leading the Yankees 3-2. And in the National League, the Giants on top of the Phillies 3-2. to two. That's what makes the playoffs so great. You never know. Yeah, I know all the TV executives out there, especially for Fox, are hoping for a Yankees-Phillies uh, World Series. Not me. Giants and Rangers will be just fine. Yeah, Rangers never been there. Yeah, never, Rangers never won a baseball playoff series until this year. It was St. John's winning the toss, and they elected to start out on defense first and defer until the second half, so they'll run four linemen up front. The defensive ends will be Taylor Pemberton and Cody Garlock. Garlock, a 255-pound senior. Inside tackle, Zach Bramble and Aaron Fidawa. The linebackers, Mason Sauls and Alex Zucker on the outside. Colin Wilson will be the middle linebacker and leading tackler for the Red Wings. And in their secondary, Taylor Ladisky and Cooper Davis are the cornerbacks. Austin Conneval and Tim Moynette are the safeties. DeWitt, when they have their hands on the ball offensively, and boy, you're going to hear this kid's name a lot, Caleb Higby is the quarterback. Higby... 108 of 154 in the airwaves, just under 1,800 yards, 24 touchdowns, and seven TDs rushing. And a big article by Mick McCabe today in the free press about the Higby brothers. Caleb is a twin brother of Jacob Higby, one of his favorite receivers, and then they have two younger brothers that will be brought up for the varsity here later in the season, another couple of twins. How about that, Mom? Yeah, the heritage of Duet, it just runs long and deep. So Caleb Higby will be the quarterback. The center will be Alec. Puffenberger, guards will be Ian Fitzner, Fitzner and uh, Dylan Keener. The tackles, Jordan Copeland and Ryan Early. Four wideouts tonight, Ryan Patricus and Jacob Higby on one side. Jordan Wallace and Jordan Johnson also wideouts. Johnson, his favorite receiver with 
789 yards and 50 catches in the running back, Nathaniel Deke. Deke, 755 yards on the season and 13 TDs. Wynn DeWitt moves over to defense. They'll run a 3-4 lineup. The three linemen up front, Robert Aikney and Ryan Early, are the uh, defensive ends. The nose tackle, Trey Williams. The four linebackers are Dylan Keener, Nathaniel Deke, Ethan Redeker, and Luke Paps. And in that umbrella secondary, Caleb Higby will only be one corner. Jacob Higby on the other side, the twin brothers. Jordan Fletcher and Ryan Weaver are the safeties. For St. John's offensively, snapping the ball will be Conrado Dominguez. Trevor Kramer and Taylor Pemberton are the guard. Jordan, Wee- Jordan Wise rather, and Nick Tice are the tackles. Chris Lindquist will line up at a tight end. He's a 205 sophomore. Cooper Davis will be on the other side, a 5'9", 165-pound senior. Quarterback tonight, and it's going to be very important for him to get off the snide early on in the airwaves, Bradley Cordes, primarily a running attack here for St. John's. And behind Cordes will be Tim Moynette, Colin Wilson, and really their go-to guy the last couple of weeks, Andrew the Governor Mulliken, 5'11", 175-pound junior. He had over 200 yards last week against the Owasso Trojans. Had 202 yards and three touchdowns. Mason Sauls and Colin Wilson led the defense with nine tackles each. And Wilson had a touchdown pass on a fake punt. Red Wing losses this season by a combined eight points, Chris. So it's a very, very competitive game we expect here. Yeah, they played similar schedules. And like I said, St. John's beat Mason, the only team to beat Mason. So this should be a good one. The Whip coming off a big win last week, 47 to nothing over Lakewood. But their go-to guy is their quarterback, Caleb Higby. So it'll be St. John's kicking it off here as we're ready to go from Kelly Short Stadium in Mount Pleasant on the campus of Central Michigan University. Jacob Higby back there, also uh, another player standing right around the five-yard line. I believe that is Ryan Weber. And we're about ready to get this one underway. Taylor Ludisky will boot it for the Red Wings, wearing the solid black uniforms trimmed in white and red. DeWitt wearing the navy blue pants, the white jerseys, and the blue helmets. Back in the day, they used to wear the Wolverine winged helmet, but they discarded that about 20 years ago. Here's the kickoff. Fielded by Weaver at the 10. Comes back this way up to about the 18 and gang tackled about the 19-yard line. So they do it with a first and 10 from their own 19. Good coverage there by the St. John special teams. Looks like Bo Moore was the first one there for the Red Wings. I'll tell you one thing about this uh, perspective tonight. We definitely know what yard line they're on tonight. You know? Yeah, yes. yeah but it's going to be very easy for that part. Seeing the numbers might be a little bit more difficult. I'm not going to complain, but we don't have a television monitor, which we do when we get to the playoffs, and especially the big big dance at Ford Field. But a good bird's-eye view here, and uh, it'll be DeWitt starting off with it here. First play from scrimmage. Out of the shotgun, Caleb Higby. Two wideouts each way, one running back. That running back, Deke, gets it. Dive play up the middle, crosses the 25-yard line to about the 26. Brought down there by Mason Sauls and Colin Wilson, the two linebackers, but a good first play call there for Rob Zimmerman, the veteran coach for the Panthers. About a five-yard game. They're going to go to the no huddle for number 12, Caleb Higby. Again, two wideouts each way back to throw. He's a left-hander, throws one out, complete on the far side, has first down yardage. It's complete to his brother, Jake Higby, and he is brought down there by Taylor Ladisky and Cooper Davis, but should have enough for a Panther first down. 
It's high-powered, do it offense. They've scored, I don't know, close to 500 points, haven't they? So, yeah. yeah. Averaging 42 a game, that's not too shabby on the offensive side of the ball. Just underway in the first first down of the evening to the DeWitt Panthers. That single running back, two wideouts each way. They'll have it first and 10 from their own 31-yard line. Higby takes the snap, runs the option of the line, keeps it himself around the left end, looking for a block, gets one. He's at the 35, the 40. It's a foot race, midfield, 40. Cuts back against the green at the 30, takes it all the way down to about the 25-yard line before he's finally run down by number 22 there, Alex Zucker. But a good read by the senior quarterback, Taylor Higby. He was a wide receiver last year, moved to quarterback this year for the senior season. Had a great read and nice run. Well, that's what you need running that offense. You need a super quick quarterback, and obviously he is that kind of quarterback. So the Panthers threatening first and 10 from the 25-yard line of St. John's. Higby will bring a couple of running backs next to him now. He's back to throw, though, looking over the middle of the field. Has a man open, and it bounces incomplete. He had the guy open there, and I think, again, that was Jacob Higby, but it's incomplete. Defending was Tim Moynette. That was intended for his brother. They'll bring up second and 10 now from the 25. Of course, Owasa, with their fine quarterback, showed some of the deficiencies in St. John's defense last week. Yeah. Well, Garrett Barnes, he's, he's one of our best quarterbacks in our area. Here's the option again. DeWitt hands it off this time to number 25 around the right end. Has some room. That's uh, Ryan Weaver. Good yardage around that right corner. Just seems like year after year this DeWitt team is just so good. And so close to being the state championship team. They look like they are again. Oh, yeah. We, we were following them back in the days. Was it Gail Thornton was their head coach, I believe, the former Ovid LC graduate? They've had some outstanding teams. And got one of the coolest scoreboards in the, in the land with the fire-breathing Panther. They fake it to Weaver this time. Higby rolls to his left, goes to the corner, up in the air, incomplete. Good coverage that time by the man down there for uh, St. John's. I think it's Cooper Davis there that was defending. Again, we can see the uh, DeWitt uniform numbers a little bit better than the St. John's. St. John's has the double uh, color code there with the red numbers trimmed in white. A little bit blends together here on these old eyes. But it'll be second down now and 10. DeWitt out of the shotgun again at about the 14-yard line of St. John's. No score in this one. Here's the handoff to Deke up the middle, and he's stacked up at the 10-yard line. Good pursuit by the front wall of the Red Wings there. Fidoa leading the charge. Aaron Fidoa along with Colin Wilson and Alex Zucker. Short gain by Nathaniel Deke, the 205-pound senior fullback. Well, St. John's has got to take something away from DeWitt, either the run or the pass. If they can take that run away, they got a shot. 10-14 to go here in the first quarter. No score. DeWitt took the opening kickoff. Big play for them. A long run by Caleb Higby. Gets them in position here. Third down about seven. Pass over the middle. Incomplete. A little too high for the intended receiver that time. And decision time for Rob Zimmerman. Does he uh, send the field goal team out or go for it down here about the 10-yard line? Players all looking to the sideline for the play call. Looks like they're going to go for it. Trying to send an early message here to the Red Wings, and uh, it could be a message either way here if the Red Wings could come up here defensively. Fourth down and seven. Ball at about the 11-yard line. DeWitt with it, no score. Bigby takes a step. Straight back to throw now. 
Looks like he wants to run with it. Nowhere to go. Red Wings pinched it off in a hurry, and the defense rises to the occasion. Taylor Pemberton, the big tackle there. So goes over on down to the Red Wings. So the Red Wings quickly break out of the huddle. Bradley Cordes, the quarterback, takes a snap. Quick pitch it goes to the running back around the right end. Puts the head down. I think it was Moynette. Tim Moynette on the carry around the right end. It's about three yards on that try. Takes it up to the 13-yard line. It's following Trevor Kramer that time and Nick Tice. Cordes over to the sideline, gets the play call now. It'll be second down and about seven. Wings quickly out of the huddle, split backfield. They run that quick hit and veer and option. They fake it. Now Cordes back to throw. Little slant pattern over this way, incomplete. Good coverage there by the Red Wings. Ryan Weaver all over the intended receiver that time. It was intended for Bo Moore, but incomplete. And that time, uh, Cordes had some time to throw on the on the play action. Well, just doing a little homework before this game, I saw that he has only given up one touchdown in the last three games, so defense is no slouch either. Well, you know, when you got the kind of quickness we talked about in the pregame, too, you know, 17 guys with 4-7 and better speed, I mean, that tells you they probably pursue the ball pretty quickly. Yeah, that's not even fair. Third down and seven. The Red Wings with another passing situation, but instead of quick pitch, and the running back this time maybe gets to the 15-yard line. That was, again, Jim Moynette on the carry, so it'll be three and out here for the Red Wings. They used to run 4 seven, but that was just 20 yards. <laughs> At least you were quick in the 20, right? <laughs> yeah. Remember grade school days running the 50-yard dash? About <laughs> <On> 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, against the wind. Colin Wilson in to punt it, back against his own end zone. No score in this one. Higby, Jacob Higby, and Weaver deep. Nice punt. Higby fields it at the 50, then drops it, and it goes out of bounds at about the 49. So it'll be DeWitt. First and 10 from midfield with no score here in this one. Well, field position here early on favors the DeWitt Panthers. 8.28 to go in this scoreless first quarter. They have the ball first and 10 now from the 49-yard line of St. John's. They drove all the way down to about the 10-yard line, but were stopped on down. Here's their second time offensively. Higby keeps it himself on the option. Has some room. Gets around the right corner of the 40. The 30. Back against the green. Inside the 25. Dives down to about the 20-yard line. So, Higby, Caleb Higby, off to a big start here. Another big run. The great spread teams have the great running quarterback. And that DeWitt's definitely got that. 77 yards and three carries for Higby. Boy, can you imagine that household with two sets of twins? They got the two 18-year-olds here on the varsity and two 16-year-olds. Just think about when they were like 10 and 12. Some of the battles in that basement. <laughs> Here's Higby back to throw. The southpaw looks over the middle, has time, now comes back over this way as a man open, down close to the goal line. It's caught by his brother, Jacob Higby. He has it inside the two-yard line. So it's first and goal to wit. Higby quickly gets him to the line of scrimmage. The handoff goes to Deke, and he is down close to the goal line into the end zone. DeWitt draws first blood here on this Friday night with 7.54 to go in the first. Six to nothing on the two-yard dive by Nathaniel Deke. Well, that's what I call a quick scoring drive. 50 yards in three plays. You don't get more efficient than that. Well, DeWitt on top here early. In to kick it will be Jacob Higby. 
Out of the hold of Jordan Fletcher, Zach Aker will snap the ball. Here's the snap. Kick is up, and it is good. Early on, it's 7-0 DeWitt over St. John's right here on the castle. 7-0 DeWitt. Here's the kickoff. A low-line driver fielded by one of the deep guys there for St. John's. Brought up to about the 30, 31-yard line where he is brought down. Looks like that was number three on the return. Mason Saul. So the Red Wings with it. First and 10 from their own 32-yard line. And one thing I think you'll agree with it, with me on this one, partner, St. John's has to keep the ball away from DeWitt. Even if they don't score on this drive, they've got to keep it for a significant amount of time. Yeah, they've got to grind out some first down, that's for sure. Easier said than done. Split backfield. Wide out on the far side. Here's the handoff on the counter play going across the 35-yard line to about the 36 for the ball carrier that time. I believe that was uh, number 23 on the carry. Austin Conaval on that run. So it'll be second down and five. Ball carrier again running hard this way. Conaval again takes it up across the 40-yard line to about the 41. Good hole opened up that time by Kramer and Tice and uh, Conaval. Both arms around the football, carrying out the play fakes the other players, and nice game. Yeah, great contrast with Siles. Huh? Smash mouth football by Dave Mergey and the, the wide open spread up to win. Yep. So the Red Wings quickly break out of the huddle here quickly. Cordis, the quarterback, hands it off to Conaval again. This time the Panthers read it well. Ethan Renniker, the first one there to bring him down, along with Ryan Early and Trey Williams. So they went to the well three straight times. That time the Panthers were on top of it. We got 6.44 and counting to go here in the first quarter. 7 nothing. DeWitt over St. John's. A special football game played at Kelly Short Stadium at Central Michigan University. Boy, I'll tell you what, every time we come up here in Mount Pleasant, though, the growth around this area is just astounding. Businesses everywhere, which is great to see. Definitely a cool college town. Here's St. John's running the counter play this way. Ball carrier takes it across midfield. Going to be just shy of the first down by a yard or so. That was uh, Conaval again on the carry. Brought down by Luke Taps. Jordan Copeland also in there. Third and a yard. Red Wings will send a wide out way on the far side of the field. Cooper Davis, tight end over here this way, split backfield. Here's the handoff. I think it's Conaval again. That should be enough for a first down here for the Red Wings. Oh, double check that. That's Andrew Mulliken who was the featured running back last week, got the call this time and gets the first and ten. Got it. Let's go back to Bart. And a first quarter score, it's all tied up. Morrison Dryden, 8-8. All right, also in our area tonight, we're going to be watching closely and listening closely for that new Lothar Byron contest to see if the Hornets can finish out a perfect regular season. First and ten. St. John's here. The counter play again. Comes back this way. And Panthers read this one. No gain on that one. Ball carrier brought down quickly. That was Austin Conaval on the counter play. Early was there along with Trey Williams and uh, Mike Nathaniel Deke in on that tackle. Boy, there was no mystery last week. There was a big showdown with the Lothar pad, was there? Well, I guess <laughs> not. Is New Lothar pad good or is the league that weak? I guess that's the big question people are going to be asking. Right. Well, we're going to find out. In a hurry. And comes in motion this way. Quick dive play it goes. And again, the ball carrier stopped at the line of scrimmage. That was Mulliken. Brought down by Trey Williams, the nose tackle for DeWitt. 
Well, at the very least here, the Red Wings should be able to establish again some field position, but uh, that's not uh, not that big a deal. It doesn't appear to be with this kind of speed that Witt has. They don't care where they have the ball on the field. No, no, and this, and this is the type of situation St. John's got to convert right here to yep. be in this game. Maybe even a time for an early trick play, maybe a halfback option or something just to get to, to Witt, you know, on their heels a little bit. Play action pass. Goes out in the left flat, complete. Ball carrier, nice job there. Mulliken breaking one tackle, but he's going to be shy of the first down. We've got about six on that completion. They ran that play successfully two or three times last week against Owasso, but it's going to bring a fourth down situation here for the Red Wings, and got to believe they're going to go for it at the 36-yard line of DeWitt. So it'll be fourth down in four. Clock is stopped with 4.05 to go in the first quarter. 7-0 DeWitt over the Red Wings. Stick with us at halftime as we're going to get caught up on some of our commercials and also uh, have a special guest. We'll be talking with Al Nelson. Fourth down. Play action pass again. Plenty of time for the QB, and he has a man open, and a nice catch by Moynette on the far side. Cordes, Bradley Cordes, threw the ball right where it had to be. The defensive back went for the pick, and it was over his outstretched arm. And nice reception that time by Tim Moynette. Boy, that is just a huge play no matter what happens in that game where we remember for that play. Yeah, first conversion though, when they really had to do it. Fourth down conversion takes the ball into the red zone now at the 19-yard line of DeWitt. The Panthers leading St. John 7-0 in this rival game. It'd be a backyard brawl, but they're not in their backyard tonight. Here's the handoff. Ball carrier running hard this time. Conovell again. Nice hole opened up by the big guys up front. Conneville about a seven or eight yard gain down to the eleven yard line. We'll get made on that run. Coach Marriage running the counters into power football right down to Whitstrow right now. Yeah, this is nineteen sixties football right here. If you can if you can execute it well with your cross blocking inside and the play faking by the quarterback, very effective offense. Split backfield again. Cordes hands it off, quick dive play. It goes to Mulliken, breaks the tackle. He goes into the end zone. Touchdown, St. John's. The Red Wings on the board. An 11-yard run by Andrew, the governor, Mulliken. And just a picture-perfect drive by the Red Wings as they ran off about five minutes on the clock, goes 77 yards, mostly on the ground, and great execution. Gets the Red Wings within a point. It'll be Colin Wilson out of the hole to Bradley Cordes. Here's the snap. Good snap. Ball placed at the 10. Kick is up, and it is good. We're tied at 7 here on the Castle with 3.16 to go in the force. DeWitt and St. John's. Well, here's the kickoff. St. John's has tied things up. Important drive there, and then they immediately kick it out of bounds. So it'll be DeWitt getting the ball at the 35-yard line. 7-7 ball game. Boy, that fourth down conversion was huge there. Oh, yeah. Great execution, great pass, great catch, and great coverage. Yep. And great call. It's always great, but it works. Yeah, right? we got that right. <laughs> so it'll be DeWitt with the football again, the 7-7 game from their own 35-yard line. Caleb Higby, the 5'11", 185-pound senior quarterback out of the shotgun. Actually more of the pistol. That seems to be the, the popular term for the, the short drop now by the quarterback who will run the ball. If he keeps it. Cuts up field on the option, gets a couple of yards before he's stacked up by Aaron Cedalon, Zach Bramble. Ethan Saul is also helping out there along with Colin Wilson. Second down and seven to go here for DeWitt. 7-7 ball game from CMU. With Chris McMillan, I'm Ted Patel. Hope you're enjoying this one wherever you're at listening to us tonight. 
regular season finale already. Here's Higby, flushed out of the pocket, but he's got room. He's at the 40, midfield, back to the 40, 35, inside the 35-yard line. He tripped up himself down to about the 32-yard line. That young man's got to be pushing 100 yards already. That's when flying over 100 yards. He's got 110 already on five carries. Contender for our player of the game here. He is the Denard Robinson of football. He, he kind of reminded us of Denard Robinson there, though. I will say this. You're not hearing too much about that Heisman anymore, are we? No, that's back long. That's long, that long gone. And probably justifiably so, but what an exciting early portion of the season. Here's a counter play, Nathaniel Deke, and he is brought down by Taylor Pemberton, who read it perfectly and brought him down. Looks like maybe lost a yard on that drive. Good penetration that time with a 220-pound senior there, Pemberton. DeWitt with it, though, second down and 11. They have it at the 35-yard line of St. John's. 7-7 ball game. He'd be back to the normal shotgun now. Steps up, throws a pass out to his brother Jake on the right side, and he has run out of bounds close to the first down marker. Maybe just shy of the first down. Three out of six for Higby through the air for 34 yards also in the first quarter only. 105 yards rushing in the quarter. I was thinking it was the half dead of the quarter. I know. Not, not a bad start. Third down and a yard. He'll go to the pistol now, Higby. He has Nathaniel Deke behind him. Four wide out. They run the option to uh, Deke up the middle, breaks the tackle at the 20, the 10, touchdown to Witt. No flags on the field. A 24-yard run there by the fullback. Nathaniel Deke is second touchdown of the evening. What an explosive offense they would have. They have every year, but maybe this is even more high-powered than the previous couple of years. It might be. They have speed, and they've got a good little quarterback here in Higby. So they take the lead, 13-7 over St. John's. It will be Jacob Higby to kick it. Left-footed kicker kicks it up, and it is good. So it's 14-7 to win over St. John's here on Z92.5. Onside kick attempt, and it bounced off one of the St. John's up guys, but fortunately for the Red Wings, he fell on it. So uh, DeWitt coming out of the gates here quickly with a trick play, an onside kick attempt, and Logan Smith fell on the football and will give St. John's a good field position here. That was fortunate they had a defensive back kind of player up there on the front line. Exactly. That quick reaction. And, and he was also fortunate he didn't bounce very far. Bounced right down in front of it. So St. John's quickly out of the hollow portis. Split back. And the man in motion from the right side. And hands it off now to Mulligan. Mulligan tries to cut back against the grain. and stacked up at the 50-yard line. Trey Williams was there along with Nathaniel Deke and Ryan Weaver coming up quickly. We're under two minutes to go here in the first quarter. Big crowd here on hand. You know, it doesn't. When you're in a stadium that holds what 25, 30,000 people, you would think it uh, it would look really empty. But uh, we got a nice crowd here tonight on this Friday night special. You know, and I also noticed that St. John fan there. They're right up there with a Wasso fan, and they didn't look dwarfed on this big field. They 150 strong out there. Oh no, they're yeah, they're they're definitely first class. For I think it's Roy Brown. I think is their. Uh, Band director. If I got the last name wrong, I apologize, but he does a great job with the band over here. So here's the handoff, the running back that time. Mulligan again takes it to about the 45 yard line of DeWitt. So it'll be third down and a couple coming up here for the Red Wings. 
under a minute to go here in this first quarter on Z92 Fox. Perhaps might be the last play of the quarter. We'll see what happens depending on what play they can run. Red Wings will send a wide out on the far side. The slot guy over here on this side in motion. Here's Mulliken with the call. Should have the first down. That'll stop the clock. Double check that. That's Mason Saul. Mason Saul's on the carry. Number three instead of number two, and, but it will move the chain here regardless. Stop the clock momentarily at 29 seconds. Bradley Cornish back to the huddle from the sideline now. It looks like they probably will run one more play here before the end of the first quarter. Here's the staff. Cornish quick pitches over on the far side. Running back is open. Boynette at the corner of the 10. Touchdown. St. John's. Kim Boynette got the quick pitch and went. What? 34. 34 yards for the score. What a great time to run that play. Coach Merrick, pulled that one out of his offensive scheme. He hasn't seen it all day. And he was untouched around that left side. That's an interesting play, too, because he pitched it to the guy really leading the blocking, it appeared would be, on the power play. And just the quarterback, Cordes, just took the snap and flung it underhand over to the left. And Moynette took care of the rest. He got around the corner, did blocking on that side, and they're within one. Here's the PAT from the 10. The kick is up, and it is good, and we're all knotted up. 14-14 with five seconds to go here in the first quarter. We've got honey of a game so far here after one quarter. We're winding down the first quarter, but a 14-14 ball game. The St. John's grinded out offense against the wide-open spread offense of DeWitt, and uh, both are fighting in their own right. Well, as far as quality of teams, these are def- this is definitely our premier matchup this year. Mm-hmm. Both teams going to the playoffs, of course. St. John's trying to uh, spoil with perfect regular season. Here's a line drive kickoff here. Fielded by Higby at about the 20, looking for a blocker. Jacob Higby up to the 30-yard line, and he has run out of bounds. So that lands, let's see, did you just get a penalty flag? Stick with us here momentarily. As uh, first quarter is not officially over yet, as we have a penalty flag. But I think uh, the referees will mark it up, and it's a personal foul on St. John. So they'll move it upfield a bit. But after one quarter on Z92.5, 14-14 to win in St. John. This Z92.5 Catholic Classic football game was previously recorded from a prior broadcast. The Ovid Service Agency and Auto Owners Insurance make a great team and are proud to serve Ovid and surrounding communities. Greg, Luke, and Jenny Martin. Thank you for choosing Ovid Service Agency as your local auto owner's independent agent. Ovid Service Agency offers a wide range of policies to fit your insurance needs. Stop in and see them in downtown Ovid or call 989-834-2288. Visit them online at ovidserviceagency.com and like them on Facebook. Ovid Service Agency is a proud supporter of high school sports on Z92.5 The Castle. Victory Heating and Cooling, serving all of mid-Michigan, is proud to feature train heating and cooling products. Train has the right system for your home. Victory Heating and Cooling has Michigan's best HVAC installers and service crews in the business and would love and appreciate the opportunity to serve you and your home. Victory Heating and Cooling featuring train products, the best team with the best products for your home. Visit VictoryHeatingAndCooling.com or call 989-224-7171. 
Tony Young and the entire Young family salute all mid-Michigan area athletes. At Young Chevrolet Cadillac and Young Buick GMC, they know it takes teamwork to be successful. So from the Young team to your team, have a great season. Young Chevrolet Cadillac and Young Buick GMC on M21 in Owasso invite you to drive a little, save a lot. Visit them online at youngautosales.com. Young Chevrolet Cadillac and Young Buick GMC are proud supporters of high school sports on Z92.5, The Castle. Hub Tire is there for you with the best service for all your tire and suspension needs. They've been taking care of your automotive needs for decades, priding themselves on honesty and the best service around. Hub Tire can handle anything from a Chevy Cobalt to a motorhome, including semis and farm service. Open Monday through Friday. Call today at 989-224-3218. Stop in on Business 27 north of M21 in St. John's or visit hubtires.com. William Graham Tax and Accounting in Corona has been servicing mid-Michigan since 1985. Professional tax and bookkeeping services for individuals, corporations, and the self-employed along with partnerships. Conveniently located on Bacchus Street in Corona, a couple of blocks from McCurdy Park. If you have questions, contact the experienced staff and schedule your free consultation. For more details on William Graham Tax and Accounting, stop by or give them a call and find them online at grahamaccounting.biz. Bex Trailer Superstore sells more aluminum trailers than any other dealer in America, and the brand they trust is Legend Trailer. Bex has carried dozens of trailer brands over the years, and none of them stack up to the Legend Trailers, which are built right here in Michigan by Michigan workers. Stop into Bex to see the superior Legend quality firsthand, or give one of their trailer specialists a call to learn more about why Legend is far and away. Michigan's number one trailer brand. If you appreciate quality, value, and longevity, then you'll appreciate Bex Trailer Superstore and Legend Trailer. Your number one St. John's Red Wing fans, Auto Owners Insurance and Alabama Brubaker Insurance Agency is a winning combination. They'll work with you to insure your home, auto, business, and life to keep everything you value safe, sound, and secure. Auto Owners Insurance, the no problem people. Visit them in St. John's and East Lansing or online at abins.com. Alibi and Brubaker Insurance is your local independent auto owner's agent and a proud supporter of high school sports on Z92.5 The Castle. When you need heavy hauling of sand, gravel, boulders, or stone, choose the professionals at Mint City Excavating. They'll make sure you're getting the quality work you expect with the excellent customer service they have built their reputation on for the last 21 years. Mint City Excavating is locally owned and operated and offers 24-hour emergency service. Insured and experienced, call Mint City Excavating to schedule your free estimate, 989-224-2482. Online at mintcityexcavating.com. This C-925 Castle Classic football game was previously recorded from a prior broadcast. I ball game 14-14 to Winton St. John's. My partner is Chris McMillan. I'm Ted Patel back at the studios, Martin Matthews. Got a good one going here. It'll be uh, DeWitt, though, in good field position here to start this second quarter after that kickoff and the penalty from their own 43-yard line. Here's the handoff. Ryan Weaver around the left end. Adds a little room, crosses midfield to the 40-yard line of St. John's, where he's run out of bounds there by Taylor Leditsky. Tim Moynette also helping out there on the tackle. But uh, good field position. That's not what the Red Wings 
were planning on doing there. A personal foul on that far sideline on that uh, squib kick on the return. And now already DeWitt has it at the 39-yard line of St. John. Caleb Higby, the quarterback, will run the option this way. Now goes back the other way. Has some room and has a blocker at the 30. The 25 runs over a man and is brought down at about the 20-yard line. Well, he, he dealt a blow that time from that quarterback position, hit Ladisky head on. Ladisky brought him down, but uh, he might feel that in the morning. Yeah, that's just pure talent on Higby's part. That was like a Barry Sanders reverse field kind of play that not too many high school kids are going to play. So it'll be first and ten to win. Back-to-back first downs. Second quarter just underway here from Central Michigan. Higby back to throw. The left-hander goes in the far corner up, and the defender was there. But good screen job by the uh, receiver to draw the penalty flag. So it's going to be a pass interference, and there's no doubt the referees are on top of that as four penalty flags flew on that play. I think it held up in the air just a little bit, and it was intended for Patricus, but uh, the penalty will go against Redway. Go back to the studio. And going into the second quarter, it's now 22-8, to Dryden over Morris. All right, thanks for that, Bart. We always know what Morris is doing every Friday night. Good old Andy Flynn keeping us up to speed there. I believe that's, uh, that's our spotter calling that one in. Unfortunately, they're usually losing. Usually, right, but they're hanging in there. And they're big news in Morris. They're trying to get uh, funding for a new running track over there. There's a fumble on the field, and I think Higby came back and got it. Boy, stuck it in the midsection of his running back, and I don't think the running back was expecting it. It fell on the turf, but uh, the Panthers will hang on to the football. These two teams combined for 300 yards of offense in the first quarter. We're in for 1,000 yards. Wow. It's been a lot of fun so far, and the fireworks, we're gonna, they're going to continue for sure. Second down to 11. He faced the pitch. Now he'd be looking back to his left. Scrambles. Was a pass. Oh, kicked off. St. John's has it. The defender has all kinds of real estate. He's going to take it to the house. Nobody's going to touch it. I think it's Mason Salt. He crosses the 10 into the end zone. Touchdown, St. John's. Wow. What do you got for that? 90-yard interception return. That might be a school record. It might be. And I believe that was number three outside linebacker. Can you, re- can you see his number, Chris, coming off the field right there? Yeah, I think it is three. Three or nine? Uh, yeah. We're going to get that back. Yeah. I think it's all oh, right. Yeah, it's the wrong team. Here's the PAT. The kick is up, and it is good. So St. John's with a 21-14 lead. Well, Mason Salt has electrified the crowd over here. A 90-yard interception return. Higby was looking and looking, and then definitely was an ill-advised pass, and Sauls read it perfectly and just stepped in front of the receiver and uh, took it to the house. The only defender that even had a chance at him was Higby, and St. John's had a couple of blockers in front of him. Yeah, Christmas came early for Saul. <laughs> that was about the easiest touchdown you're going to get as a defensive back or a linebacker. Well, I'll tell you one thing he showed, too, though. He has some speed himself. He's a 5'10", 190-pound junior linebacker, but uh, he, he kicked it into full gear, and he had all, saw all that green in front of him. We got a wild one here. 21-14 to 14 now. St. John's over to win. 
Red Wings looking for a little playoff momentum. DeWitt looking for a perfect season. Ladisky will kick it. Here's the boot. Low line drive down the center of the field. Fielded by Jacob Higby. Higby crosses the 20-yard line, goes to the far side, brought down at about the 22-yard line. So it'll be first and 10 to win. Well, I'll tell you what, it's got to be quite a thrill for these kids to be out there, you know, playing under the lights here in the stadium on the AstroTurf. you got a big crowd, absolutely perfect weather conditions here tonight. It's just a, an ideal setting for a regular season finale with a couple of fine football teams. Yeah, unless either one of these teams gets to the semifinal, they probably won't get a nicer environment to play in than this. Exactly. So it will be DeWitt trying to recover from that stinging 90-yard interception return. Coming back onto the field. Caleb Higby, the quarterback, he played this is his senior season, so you know he'll shake it off. But uh, that's going to stick with you for a moment or two. He has Nathaniel Deke behind him, four wideouts, two each way. Lining up against this 4-3 defense for the Red Wings. Higby will keep it himself on the option, and not much there. And we're going to get a penalty, couple penalty flags coming now. Typically, that is some sort of illegal block, but uh, we'll see. No indication yet from the referee. Now he'll come step out to the side and give us the signal. Face mask against the Red Wings. So on the tackle, the Red Wings got a little too rambunctious with a face gear. They're called for the face mask penalty. So that good defensive first play is going to be nullified. And the penalty is going to go against St. John. Yeah, that's too bad because they had Hickey pin for no gain. While we got this break, any statistics uh, jump out at us? You can pass on to our listeners. With just a ton of yards, Higby was having an awesome game until that interception went the wrong way on him. He got all kinds of great stats offensively. 189 yards for DeWitt in that first quarter, 112 for St. John. And also a rarity, we're going to get uh, official statistics given to us tonight, just like we get in the playoffs and uh, some of the big games we do. Another uh, bonus for coming up here this evening. Now we have a false start going against DeWitt, so take five of those yards back. It'll be first down at about eight once they set this play down. Red Wings trailed early on. A two-yard run by Nathan Nathaniel D put the uh, Panthers on the board, but then Andrew Mulliken matched that with an 11-yard first quarter run. Deke scored again in the first quarter on a 24-yard run. Then five seconds to go, a 34-yard run by Tim Moynette, followed by that interception we just heard. Here is uh, Higby scrambling around in the pocket, gets around the left corner, using that speed. Oh, gets a crushing block, an illegal crushing block as the penalties fly. Patrakis over there on that far side looked like he had set it up pretty well, but the referees are going to say he must have got just a little bit of the back, and they're going to bring that one back. But a good effort anyway. And again, Caleb Higby shows that great speed. Boy, that kid is just hard for the first guy to bring down. They had a good shot at him with a blitzing linebacker, and he just had nothing but air. He does remind you, you know, sitting up here high, uh, a little bit of Denard Robinson. You mentioned that a little while ago, just the way he runs that offense, you know, scrambling around, looking for an opening. He's got a good throwing arm. I mean, that's pretty high praise. But still, he, he, it's similar if you're at home listening, you know, the, the style that uh, Higby runs this offense in. And runs it out of shotgun every play, too. Shotgun or the pistol. This time he'll get out of the gun. About six yards deep of the center. Had two backs, one flank in him. Takes a snap. Looks downfield. Throws the pass up. And a little too long. Tended for Jacob Higby. And it looked like Tim Moynette might have been zeroing in on the interception there. But the pass was too high. If it had been thrown where it should have been, I think Moynette had a pick. 
Right. I think the last three passes Higby have thrown have not been well thrown. Maybe. Obviously, the touchdown interception wasn't. No. Maybe it shook off his uh, confidence just a little bit through the airwaves. Maybe the Red Wings defense makes some adjustments and forcing him to go to the air because they have been stopping that run inside pretty well here recently. Second down and uh, about 17, the ball 21-yard line of DeWitt. They trail by seven. Quick pitch in the reverse over here coming this way. Red Wings reading it perfectly, though. Nothing doing. The ball carrier, Ryan Weaver, trying to get around the right end. Brought down by Alex Zucker over there. Also, Aaron Fidoa coming over quickly to help out. Also looked like number 74, Anthony Peel, helping out on that tackle. Yeah, just a great defensive play, not getting fooled and running from sideline to sideline. Right. Staying in their area, too. That's something that coaches preach and preach and preach. Stay in your lanes, and they did it perfectly that time. Didn't get sucked in from that uh, counteraction. So third down and 20. The ball at the 18-yard line of the win. Back to throw. Higby, all kinds of time. Throws one over on the far side. Flutters to his brother, Jacob. He has the catch. Takes past one guy, fumbles the ball, and the Red Wings have it. Fighting for extra effort, and St. John's recovers it, and they'll have it first and 10 inside the 30-yard line, leading it by seven. I believe that was uh, Tim Moynette on the recovery, and we got a timeout on the field. DeWitt reeling a little bit here, which hasn't happened all season long. Their undefeated season in jeopardy at this point, 8.57 to go in a half, 21 to 14, St. John's. 21 to 14. St. John's on top. The Red Wings with the football at the 28-yard line of DeWitt. Here's the handoff. Ball carrier this time, Austin Conneval. Gets a couple of yards, maybe up to the 26-yard line. From by Trey Williams and Ethan Renicker. Boy, it's a nice ball game we're being treated to here so far, buddy. Well worth the drive up here to Mount Pleasant. Atmosphere is just spectacular playing in the stadium. We're finally getting the combinations that we so well deserve. Absolutely. <laughs> Great lighting. It really is. You can actually see the game. <laughs> like you said earlier, you can see the yard markers for sure. Here's a dive up the middle into the open. The running back is Andrew Mulligan. And Mulligan takes it to the house. Is that 25-yard TD, would you say? Yeah, 25 or 26. We'll give him 26. Yeah. And, boy, the things that have to happen... Has to happen for a team to beat DeWitt are happening. Turnovers. Turnovers, and uh, St. John's is uh, capitalizing on them, and they're about ready to go up by two TDs with this PAT. Here is the snap. The kick is up. Colin Wilson drills it, and it is up and good. 28-14, to 14, the Red Wings. Well, Andrew Mulliken with the big touchdown run from 26 yards out now has given St. John's a two-touchdown lead. Here's the kickoff. Fielded by Ethan Renneker there at about the 35-yard line. He takes it up close to the 40-yard line where he's run out of bounds. 28-14, St. John's over DeWitt. Well, this just shows you how tough that Lansing League is. And these are teams in two different divisions. These are the top top two top teams in those divisions. And that's just a, with Lansing section, very talented league. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, they're both uh, conference champions. St. John's a tri-champion in their division, tied with Mason and uh, Sexton, and of course, DeWitt undefeated the champion in their division, coming off their big 47 to nothing win over Lakewood last week. 
you know, they're looking a little ahead to the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. I did uh, get some information from Coach Pop Zimmerman. He wasn't sure who he was going to be starting tonight because of some, you know, some mix. As they've got to think really about the playoffs, this is an important game, no doubt about it. But it all starts real next week, and that's the number one thing in his mind. So he's playing a fine team here in St. John's. Here's a dive up the middle. The running back this time, Keith, runs hard, close to midfield, right down about the 48-yard line there. Brought down by Colin Wilson and uh, also Mason Salden on that hit. With all due respect to Coach Zimmerman, to me that's coach talk. He's playing his neighborhood rival, and he's trying to go 9-0. and <laughs> He's coming out here trying to win this team with everything he's got. Yeah, you're probably right. Not trying to show all his cards to the old sports guy. <laughs> out of the pistol. Deke, uh, the running back behind the QB, Higby. They hand it off to Deke, and he has some room around the left end. Breaks the tackle at the 45, tries to stop and come back this way. Dangerous on this turf. Good way to roll your ankle because the traction is outstanding here. But he gets first down yardage to about the 40-yard line. Finally run out of bounds over in that far side by Taylor Ladisky. I don't know, DeWitt's had so many 9-0 teams over the years. You know, maybe it's not that big a deal to him anymore, but to most coaches, 9-0 is still something special. Oh, no, it is. Nothing guaranteed next year. It is very special. may not be as special as it was back in the days prior to the playoffs. Right. You couldn't get better than that. You know, and unless you win the state championship, you're going to get a loss somewhere along the way. The Redwood or the uh, Panthers have it first and ten. They'll go down the far sideline, passes up. Good coverage down there. Some incidental contact, but excellent coverage by the defensive back. And let's give some credit here to Higby because that pass was also a perfect pass. Yeah, that was right there. Probably should have been caught, but it was great coverage. Yep. A little bit of contact right at the moment of contact with the football. And the ball kicker, or the receiver down there, Patrykas, just couldn't come up with it. Good coverage by the defensive back on that side of the field. I think that was uh, 23 over there, Conneval. Higby, second down and 10 from the 40-yard line of St. John's. Flushed out of the pocket. Scrambles back. Throws a pass up. He has a man completely open at the 30, the 20, the 10. To the end zone is Jacob Higby. And again, the quick feet there of the quarterback, his brother, Caleb Higby, allowed him to have a little extra time. What's that one, about a 40-yarder? Yep, got it for 40. There's just way too much offense for these defenses to put up with. They just can't contain them. <laughs> so Higby to Higby, and DeWitt within eight. PAT coming up here. Could be headed for one of those 55-51 shootouts. Yeah, I might run out of room here on my score sheet. Guy who just scored a touchdown kicks it up, and it is good. They kick the PAT makes it 28-21. St. John's over to it in this wild one from Kelly Short Stadium. 6.47 to go in the half, a seven-point ball game. St. John's on top. And here's the kickoff, and it squibs over to the sideline on the St. John's side of the field. Out of bounds, so it'll be first and ten. The Red Wings from their own 35-yard line. I'll say one thing, Chris. One good thing about a shootout tonight with a lot of points, it's going to give us some extra time to get these commercials in because we've got so many of them tonight. Just tremendous sponsorship this evening. Good to see. Yeah, some professional teams would like to have as many sponsors, I think. And we do appreciate it. That is for sure. So it'll be first and 10, St. John's. They lead it by 7 over DeWitt. we got 6.47 to go here in the half. Split backfield. Here's the handoff to uh, running back that time. I think it was Mulliken. Mulligan gets a couple of yards between 
left guard and tackle. You know, why can't they just stay right down here on this side of the field here all night? That'd be nice. Well, I can see the numbers okay over here. Too much offense tonight, Tim. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I know. It'd be not, I'm like, if I had a request, I'd say just this quadrant, just that corner and this side of the field would work for me. Are the old eyes getting that bad? I, can, I should probably go see the eye doctor. <laughs> I'm probably a prescription behind. Split backfield. Here is uh, 23. Austin Connival around the right side comes back this way across the 40 and takes it to about the 41. You know, these are two high-quality teams, but I, I, I'm of the opinion that offenses are almost way too far ahead of defenses anymore. There's just way too many points being scored. We need to have some defensive-coordinated geniuses, you know, hit, hit, hit the scene and be able to stop these high-powered offenses. You know, you bring up a good point because you're right. You see it at all levels. I mean, and for crying out loud, our old Wolverines, they can't tackle anybody. Here's a handoff. Ball carrier takes it uh, to close to the 44-yard line. It looks like it's going to be just short. That was a third down in about four. It looks like the Red Wings are going to be forced to punt. Have they punted yet tonight? I think maybe once. Your eyes are going. My memory is going. So. <laughs> quite a pair. So fourth down coming up here for St. John. Fourth and a long yard. I don't know if this is a spot for a fake, but you do got to be careful. Dave Marigy and... Uh, his counterpart, Rob Zimmerman, will pull out all stops here. It's a fake. Here's oh. Short guy gets the snap, takes it upfield, has the first down. So the Red Wings will keep it. Give Dave Marigy some credit there as he made a nice call and uh, got the success on the play. Really, if somebody has nothing to lose, it's St. John's tonight. They're in with the six wins, you know, and they want to beat this crosstown rival to win. Right. Well, you know, you're exactly right. This is it right now. They're not, with six wins, even seven wins, you're probably not going to get a home playoff right. game. So why not just go for it here? Split backfield, first and ten, the Red Wings. Here's the ball carrier coming up the field. Mulliken that time to midfield. I'll double-check that. That's Mason Sauls in there, number three, not number two. Takes it across the 50-yard line to the 49. And that, those are the things you got to do to beat a team like this. You know, you got to take some chances. Absolutely. Well, right now it's uh, it's been St. John's on the positive side, 28 to 21. They lead it right now, and they have the football. 49. Here's the pitch around the right end. The ball carrier this time, Colin Wilson, a rare carry. It's short yardage, maybe a yard on that try. Brought down by number 72, Luke Pass from his linebacking position. Third about five. Coach Marigy running his stable of running backs against the Wits. That's a seventh different ball carry tonight for the rest. So keeping them fresh here on the turf. Send the wide out on the far side of the field. Big third down and five. Here's a pitch. Watch the halfback option. They have a man wide open. It's caught, and it's going to be a touchdown. St. John's. Oh, Coach Marigy just pulling it out of his pocket of tricks. Gets the touchdown, halfback option pass complete to Austin Conneval. I didn't catch the player that threw it, but a big play, about a 49-yard touchdown. Well, I, co I tell you, Coach Rob Zimmerman might have been trying to downplay winning this game before the game started, but he does not want to go into the playoffs with a game like this behind him. Well, there's a long way to go, that's for sure, my friend, but the Red Wings looking to put 35 points up on the board here. Here's the snap. The kick is up. And it is good. So the Red Wings go back to a two-touchdown lead, 35-21 to 21 over DeWitt here on the Castle. Wow. 35 points put up on DeWitt in the first half. 
Colin Wilson got that pitch and threw the halfback option downfield. You know, and it's kind of ironic. Last week in that game against Owasso, they ran a fake punt, and he threw a pass out of punt formation for a touchdown. It's not bad percentage, two for two for TDs in two weeks. Here's the kickoff. It's Higby, has an opening, fumbles the ball, but DeWitt has it. Ho-ho! Red Wings almost got another huge break there, but it bounced right to one of the DeWitt players. There is some pad popping going on out there right now, my friend. Yeah, you know what? St. John's kind of gets um, bypassed a lot because of DeWitt's success. But Coach Dave Mergey is as good as anybody around, and the St. John's team has been good for the last seven or eight years. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're a football program over there. There's no doubt about it. We got a timeout on the field, it looks like here. Yes, we do. DeWitt's gathering on the opposite side of the field. It was just a quick official timeout, though, as I think Coach Rod Zimmerman and his staff wanted to maybe do a little coaching over there, if that's what uh, we want to call it. <laughs> There's going to be some words expressed after <laughs> Some emotions expressed. Wherever the locker rooms over here, which are to our north there, yeah, it's going to get a little loud maybe in there. They're a veteran team, though, and I don't think they're going to let this 14-point deficit shake them up too much. Here's Caleb Higby getting the call, keeps it himself on the option, and got a couple of yards. This uh, St. John's team, I think they probably worked pretty hard practice this last week, too. You know, Owasso put up 34 points on them last week. Red Wings picked up the 42-34 win, but I'm sure they had a little extra emphasis on defense this week. Well, i got to think St. John's might have been looking ahead a little bit, taking nothing away from Owasso. Fair point. DeWitt spreads the field. Higby hands it off to Deke up the middle and nothing there. Good pursuit up front by Taylor Pemberton to bring down Nathaniel Deke. It's going to bring up third down, about five, coming up here for DeWitt. First half winding down, two minutes and 25 seconds to go here in the half. At halftime, we're going to take a short intermission back at the studios, and then we're going to get you updated on our statistics and also have our halftime guest, Al Nelson, join us. We'll talk about a variety of different things with Al. 35 to 21, DeWitt trailing it to St. John's. They'll run the option to the left. We've got a penalty flag, and the referee is blowing the play dead. I think we got an illegal formation probably coming up here on the Panthers. Here is Hickby back to throw. Down this sideline, out of bounds, incomplete. A couple of number 11s doing battle there, and Taylor Ladisky stride for stride with Jordan Wallace. So, yeah. Joe Smith filled in for you last week. I want to thank Joe for doing an outstanding job, but we did miss you. But uh, you had uh, just a cool trip to the Big Apple, didn't you? Yeah, small-town boy in that youth city. Boy, I wish I had video of it. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's clock hour here on this Friday night. First half winding down, and DeWitt going to punt the ball now. Jordan Johnson will boot it. Red Wings send Tim Moynette and Austin Connell deep. Ball bounces at the 35 and takes a Red Wing bounce, and they down it right there at the 35. So the Red Wings will have it first and 10, leading it 35-21, first half winding down. St. John's quickly to the line of scrimmage. Dive play up the middle. The ball carrier has a little bit of an opening. That was Andrew Mulliken. Takes it across the 40-yard line. Quick hole opened up by Pemberton and Cadrado Dominguez, the center here for the Red Wings. Again, the Red Wings wasting no time. Taking it to DeWitt here. Not giving them any time to set up. Here's the handoff to Tim Moynette. Should have first down yardage across the 45-yard line. Brought down there by Ethan Renneker and Ryan Early. 
Boy, this is a lot of fun here tonight, isn't it? Yeah, it reminds me of the championship games down at the Dome with all this offense, two explosive teams yep. playing on the turf. We've got the view from the press box. A lot of similarity down at the Dome. That's why I kind of hate myself. That's a Dome. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Here's a handoff. Yeah, we, well, we did a few games there at the old Pontiac Silverdome. There's no doubt about it. And St. John's calls a timeout with 59 seconds to go here and a half. The ball at their own 49-yard line. When I come back, we'll see if the Red Wings can continue to add to their 14-point lead. 59 seconds to go here in the first half. St. John's with a 35-21 lead over DeWitt. Split backfield. The Red Wings with a play-action pass. They had a man stepping out in the open on the far side. Oh, it's open. It's caught. And it might be an offensive penalty here. We got a touchdown. They go into the end zone. <laughs> there was another penalty flag as it was uh, what we used to call it, the necktie tackle in the end zone. Horse collar. Horse collar. But then we also, it may have been offensive interference. Let's just see. As it stands right now, the Red Wings made it to the end zone, but I think it might be offensive interference. The referees are all gathering to try and sort this one out. One thing for sure, in the end zone, it was an illegal tackle on the horse collar. I think you got it right, Ted. He definitely pushed off. The receiver pushed off. Yeah, well, that's what it looked like from up here, for sure. The referees were a whole heck of a lot closer. Pretty good move if you can get away with it. Right. Because he, he, he made enough gap there, about two feet, to get him room for, to catch the ball. So it looks like it's going to come back. Well, after all that, it was an offensive pass interference, a personal foul on the tackle against DeWitt, and... It's just going to have them do the play all over again. They're going to try and do it all over again, but it won't be that exciting. It won't be that same exact result for sure. Guarantee that. 49 seconds left. So it'll be back to St. John's, second down and seven. Ball at their own 48-yard line. I can see how the St. John's team beat Mason. Yeah. Gave them their only loss this year. Well, playing to win a fast track like this, they can run right with them. Here is a con or a Mulliken, he's out in the open at the 40, the 30, cuts back against the green at the 20, and brought down there the governor, Andrew Mulliken, with a big run around the right end. Hasn't carried it a whole heck of a lot tonight, but uh, putting up some numbers here now. Yeah, he's got 73 yards on seven carries. Not a bad average. Not bad at all. And St. John's called another timeout. 41 seconds to go here in the half. It'll be St. John's with it at about the 20-yard line, leading it by 14. Well, 41 seconds to go here in the half. We've been treated to a good one. Very exciting game. DeWitt marched into this game 8-0 undefeated, just rolling over opponents, averaging 42 or 43 points a game. For the St. John's Red Wings, they're ready to play tonight. I think I think he called it way early on. That fourth down conversion kind of changed the tone of this game, didn't it? Yeah, it gave him a lot of confidence. WJSZ, Ashley Owasso. First down, back to throw it. It's Portis, has time, to the end zone. And it's caught! Touchdown, St. John's, a great play that time. I believe that was Austin Connival over there, number 23 in this side of the end zone. How far did you get him on that one? About a 20-yard completion? I got him 21. 21, we'll call it. What a great throw. Lions quarterbacks can't make that throw. <laughs> it was a great throw, and it was. Did you notice how it was another good adjustment by Conoval there? He kind of bumped his guy nonchalantly to give him a little bit of room, and the throw was right there on the money. The kick is up, and it is good. And all of a sudden, St. John's leading it 42 to 21. They've doubled up the Panthers. Now, what number do you think that was? Oh, I don't know. Oh, see, 
was 25. Give credit to Bo Moore. Look at the scoreboard, man. 63 points. First half. Amazing. So, Bo Moore, 25, not 23, with a touchdown catch. And all of a sudden, St. John's dominating this first half here late. Here's a short squib kick. Petrikas on the catch. It looks like he's shaken up a little bit there at about the 45. And uh, definitely the medical staff coming out to take a look at him to see what the situation is. But there's been some scary things in the news in pro football with some of the hits to the head and uh, just a middle school game over in Corona, Corona, Owasso. I don't know if you caught up on the newspaper since you've been back, but uh, a young uh, football player from Owasso had some serious injuries. It could have been a lot worse, but had a concussion, and they were really worried about uh, paralysis, but it sounds like he's going to be all right. Earlier and earlier age. Yeah, and let's go back to the studios, and we'll catch up a little bit more on that. And a halftime score, it's now 38-22, Dryden over Morris. Let me ask you this, Bart, is that the only score we're getting reported to us right now? or That's the only one we've been getting. Oh, I wonder what's going on with that new Lothrop and uh, Byron game. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised because we always have somebody that calls for new Lothrop and somebody that always calls for Byron. So right. one of them should be calling us no matter who's losing. Absolutely. Well, we'll find a lot of people don't like to call, call in losing scores. <laughs> I'm sure somebody will phone that in here sometime soon. So it was Ethan uh, Renniker, the injured uh, DeWitt player, but it looks like he's going to be all right as he's helped up off the field. But uh, I, I kind of agree with uh, Joe Paterno. One way to get rid of these kind of uh, hits to the head, leading with your helmet, let's go back to the leather helmet, no face mask. <laughs> yeah. It's a good idea, Joe. Yeah, well, it'll never happen, that's for sure, but I'll tell you, it would eliminate some of this that we're seeing. It seems to be uh, rampant right now. See if DeWitt goes for it here. First down, Higby kind of trapped in the backfield for a moment, then loses the ball. Nobody's even there, and I think St. John's is going to get it. Are you kidding me? Oh, the Panthers are just falling apart here. Ball is recovered by St. John's. Aaron Fidawa and Higby, nobody was even near him, and he just dropped the football. No, this is not something Coach Zimmerman wanted to go into the playoffs with this kind of performance. Well, right now, all the momentum is on the St. John sideline here, right down below us on the home side at CMU. And, uh, hey, they got 20 seconds left. Why not go for more? Boy, is this score going to wake up some people in the Lansing area tomorrow? Or? Well, if it continues, you still, we've still got a half of football yet, so don't count out the Panthers yet. Split backfield, but right now, the score, I think you are right. It's going to surprise people no matter what happens. Red Wings just run the ball here. That was Mulliken, and that might just do it for the first half as the Red Wings are going to go to the locker room here and be con- no, they're going to take one more timeout. Coach Marigi is not messing around. He's hey, why not? Let's use our last timeout. Let's set up for a Hail Mary. You never know what can happen. So, uh, well, four seconds to go here in the first half. Let's see what uh, Bradley Cordes can do. He showed, you know, he's not primarily a passing quarterback, but he is accurate when he does go to the airways. Let's see what kind of play Coach Marigi came up with. I don't think he called timeout to just kneel down, do you? No, no. He knows he needs all the points he can get against that. Exactly. Exactly. So it'll be St. John's with it. Second down and 10. They have the ball at the 47-yard line of DeWitt. If I'm the Panthers, I have a, my safeties farther back than they are right now. They're only 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. I'd have at least 20. They're starting to fade back that way a little bit. Here's the shotgun snap. Cordes to throw it. 
Throws one out this way, and it's incomplete, and that is going to do it. What a wild first half of football here from Central Michigan University and Kelly Short Stadium. After one half of football, if you're just tuning in, it's St. John's 42 and the DeWitt Panthers 21. This C-92.5 Catholic Classic football game was previously recorded from a prior broadcast. Applebee Oil and Propane has been your local choice for fuel needs since 1975, and they are proud to serve Shiawassee, Clinton, and Saginaw counties with excellent customer service and over 25 years of experience in the petroleum industry. They carry a full range of farm fuels, soy diesels, premium diesel, fuel, NL gas, and 90-octane recreational gas, which is excellent for chainsaws, lawnmowers, and all small engines. Shop local with a name you know and trust for fuel online at AppleBeeOil.com. Your number one sports fans, Auto Owners Insurance and Oaks Fisher Insurance is a winning combination. They'll work with you to insure your home, auto, business, and life to keep everything you value safe, sound, and secure. Auto Owners Insurance, the no problem people. Visit Oaks Fisher Insurance on Water Street in Owasso today. Go online at oaksfisher.com or call 989-723-3011. Where can you find good information on all kinds of topics related to the well-being of our student-athletes? Check out the health and safety page of the MHSAA website. Learn about multi-sport participation, heat and hydration, cardiovascular resources, as well as insurance benefits available for students. It's all on the health and safety page of MHSAA.com. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of education. Mid-State Sales and Service in St. John's has the outdoor power you need to get the job done fast. It's the perfect time to pick up new equipment from the best names in lawn care like Simplicity and Skag. Get end-of-the-summer deals and financing up to 0% for 48 months. Fall cleanup is just around the corner. Take advantage of sale prices on a new steel leaf blower or chainsaw. Mid-State Sales and Service on M21, just a quarter mile west of DeWitt Road in St. John's. Mid-State Sales and Service is a proud supporter of high school sports on Z92.5 The Castle. You deserve the best possible medical care for you and your loved ones. At Memorial Healthcare, that's what they deliver. Memorial is the only hospital in mid-Michigan to earn an A for safety and a four-star rating for quality care from national organizations. By making you their number one priority, they're number one in safety and number one in quality in mid-Michigan. The choice is yours. The choice is clear. The choice is Memorial Health Care. When Mother Nature leaves you broken, branches or toppled trees, call Farrell's Tree Trimming and Removal. Farrell's does tree work in all four seasons, has three certified arborists on staff, and offers the latest technology in tree health care. They also sell firewood year-round and are licensed by the Michigan Department of Agriculture. Check them out online at farrellstree.com or call 989-862-4453. Experienced, equipped, and insured. Farrell's Tree Trimming and Removal. Postal Connections in St. John's is more than just a pack-and-ship store. Get business services like copying and faxing, plus printing supplies like ink and toner. Postal Connections is your local choice for professional promotional printing for letterhead, envelopes, brochures, and business cards. Get your packages where they need to go with shipping by FedEx, UPS, DHL, and U.S. Postal. Stop in to see their cool variety of gifts and products. 
Postal Connections in the Southgate Plaza, U.S. 27 in St. John's. Online at postalconnections207.com. Ted Walliter, Lord Hahn, your local full-service auto owner's insurance agent. Call 725-7134. Save by insuring your home, business, life, boat, or car with no problem. Auto owner's insurance agent, CLH Insurance at 200 West Exchange Street in Owasso. Call 725-7134 or visit them online at clh-insurance.com. CLH Insurance is a proud sponsor of high school sports on Z92.5 at Castle and wishes all area high school athletes good luck this season. Fast Eddie's has 16 locations around the state and they offer the great products and services they have become famous for and you trust. Purchase a Fast Eddie's Valvoline synthetic oil and filter change. Get a free pair of Valvoline wiper blades on the spot. And they'll install them for free. That's a $20 value. Or choose a free Valvoline fuel system cleaner and enjoy improved engine performance and better gas mileage. Only from Fast Eddie's car wash and oil change centers. Fast Eddie's, a name you can trust. This D925 Catholic Classic football game was previously recorded from a prior broadcast. We're here at CMU, the St. John's marching band onto the field, entertaining the crowd. We've got a nice crowd over here. I, I don't know if you caught, uh, you know, checked it out from up here, but it's very impressive. I bet you there's four or 5,000 people here. There's a lot of people. I know we wouldn't be able to hold them all in St. John's. <laughs> now, is the football field going to be in the same spot? It's going to move just a little bit to the south and mm -hmm. a little bit to the east. But, uh, for the most part, it's not going to move a lot. But mm -hmm. In the same general direction, but not right. right where it's at. So that's not even school grounds where it's at, is it? It is now, yeah. It is now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Speaking with Al Nelson uh, here, he is the owner of the Cellular Connection in St. John's, a school board member, and a topic that's, uh, you know, terrible, terrible to talk about, but uh, I know you've been public with it and very proud of your son, Andrew Nelson, who lost his life fighting in Iraq, and uh, I just can't even begin to say thank you, thank you, thank you for the service of your son and, and for what you've got going on honoring him. Thank you. We were asked to hold a banner that uh, the football players ran under tonight, and the uh, banner was in support of our troops, and uh Anytime we're asked to do anything on behalf of Andrew, we we always do because that's that's all we have is his memory and to keep his memory alive. And we appreciate being asked. And you know, nobody likes to wake up the day after Christmas and find out your only son was killed instantly by an IED. But that's something we we have to learn to live with, and we uh, we have accepted it. And we realize life does go on, and and we know Andrew wants us to go on and be happy and live as normal life as we can. So. But we do anything and everything we can to keep his memory alive. So, Well, I, I just think that is tremendously outstanding. When I got the call from our station owner today that uh, you were going to be up here, I was more than happy to have you come here at halftime and talk about Andrew and, and talk about his memorial and uh, the scholarships that you have set up in his name. And I think, you know, when you do have to go through something that's unthinkable, like you had to go through in your family, uh, you know, to do something like to, to – to come up with a scholarship foundation, I think, is, is just an awesome thing. And, and he's looking down from where he's at right now, and he appreciates all the work you put into it. Tell our listeners about about the memorial and, and about how they can help out with your scholarship fund. Well, we, have a, we actually built a memorial up at the City Park in St. John's um, in, in honor of Andrew and all of our fallen heroes. Um, we have a website. It's www.andrewnelsonmemorial.com. 
mean, they can go on there if they'd like to donate to the scholarship fund. We hand out two $1,000 scholarships each year, one to a boy swimmer and one to a girl swimmer. Andrew swam since he was about eight years old and was four-year varsity letterman and captain of the swim team his senior year, so we decided to give a scholarship to swimmers since there wasn't one at this point. So, But, uh, again, just another way of keeping Andrew's memory alive. So. Well, it's a, you know, it's it's definitely something that you can always remember, and it's all, he'll always have a legacy at St. John's. And if anybody can, can go ahead and go online, give that website once again. It's uh, andrewnelsonmemorial.com. It, if you had a nice biography of Andrew's life and, and what led him to the military, and when he was got to be a certain age, he kind of went through little stages where he wanted to be a fireman and different things. But uh, what was it, about 10 or 11 when he decided he really uh, well, liked well, to be a soldier? It was really well, when, when 9-11 happened. He was probably 13, 13, 14, right around there. And that's when we really knew that he wanted to be a soldier. And uh, before that, it was always police or fireman or something in public service where he's going to be serving people. And, but it ended up being a soldier. And, and uh, if I had a crystal ball and looked in and told him he was going to be killed on Christmas Day, he uh, said, I'll take my chances. You know, I couldn't have talked him out of it for anything. Right. But we're proud of him. We're proud of what he did. And we're proud of all of our guys and gals that are over there fighting for us. And I want to give a little shout-out to Matt Hayes. He's another... Uh, uh, St. John's soldier who recently just uh, stepped on a landmine and lost a leg, and he's down at Walter Reed right now. So give a shout-out to Matt, and we're all thinking of you and praying for you. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I can definitely stuck at that, and we pray for all our troops out there and all their families. And, you know, this government of ours right now, they have so many issues with the economy and everything else that goes on, but I think they absolutely, and I think the taxpayers go along with it, they have to they have to put our soldiers out there that are fighting for our freedoms and, and giving up their lives for our freedoms. They have to go at the very top. And I'm talking about the VA hospitals, the whole system, helping these individuals when they get out of the service. You know, some don't come home like your son, but then some come back and have to deal with things like homelessness. They can't come back with in society and, and be like you and I. And I think this is really where the government has to help out. You know, they need to really step up and help these guys out. There's a lot of homeless soldiers right now, and, you know, that's a shame that these guys put their lives on the line for us, and, and then they come home and sometimes treated like that. Absolutely. We have, we have the best government in the world, don't get me wrong, but, but you know, when a person's fought with their life on the line for you, they deserve better than that. No doubt about it. Well, I'm gonna, right now we're winding down our halftime activities, Al, but again, plug time. Tell our listeners where they need, need to get the Verizon phones again. So we're connection in St. John's. All right, and again, if they want to want to check out the website, maybe help out with the scholarship fund, tell them the, the best way to do that uh, for Andrews. Uh, www.andrewnelsonmemorial.com, or they can uh, send the donation right to uh, Andrew Nelson Memorial Fund at uh, First Bank in St. John's. All right, and again, congratulations on your school board appointment, and good luck with that because it's it has its ups and downs, I am sure. Oh, yeah. It's, it's been an interesting ride so far, and I'm <laughs> looking forward to more of it. Doing my part. All right. Well, St. John's School District, one of our favorites, and uh, right now they lead it 42 to 21. Al Nelson, thanks again. We appreciate you helping us out with these broadcasts, and a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Go Red Wings. All right. We're here at halftime, and it's 42 21.
Parker will have those stats for him right after this back at the studio. And a quick halftime score, East Lansing leading Owasso 21 to nothing. Also, uh, still in the bottom of the first, it's now one nothing, Texas over New York. All right, Bart, thanks for that. Now let's go back to Chris McMillan with some words from our sponsors. Does your school or religious organization need to raise some funds? Would you like a solution that doesn't involve sales or administrative costs? If your answer is yes, then the Meyer Community Rewards Program is your solution. Earn up to 4% cash back just by shopping at Meyer. For more information, go to Meyer's website at meyer.com slash rewards. Visit your Owasso Front Area Meyer store today or check with your local school or organization about that Meyer Community Rewards Program. Let Williams Heating and Cooling and help you take care of your heat and air conditioning system. Clean your ducts. Dryer vents even service those old oil furnaces. A well-maintained heating system gets better efficiency and a longer performance life. William Seaton Cooling and LP 99-862-5400. Call it and experience the kind of comfort you want with you always. From William Seaton Cooling and Armstrong here, there's comfort in strength. 42-21 to 21, the score here at halftime, and let me see if I can get through the first half scoring. In the first quarter, there's four touchdowns. DeWitt scored first. A two-yard run by Nate Deek, St. John's counter. 11-yard run by Andrew Mulligan. DeWitt came right back, a 24-yard run by Nathaniel Deek, his second TD, but then St. John's with just five seconds to go in the quarter, a nice 34-yard run by Tim Moynette. Yeah, that was just four touchdowns in the first quarter. The second quarter found uh, five touchdowns scored. 90-yard interception return by Mason Sauls, got the Red Wings rolling in that second quarter. 26-yard run by Andrew Mulliken, another score with 8.13 to go. DeWitt got their only touchdown in the second quarter. 40-yard pass from Caleb Higby to Jake Higby, and then Red Wings back-to-back touchdown. 49-yard pass, Colin Wilson on a Colin Wilson on a halfback option to Austin Conable, and then uh, the Red Wings scored on a pass. Bradley Cordes to Bo Moore with just 34 seconds to go in the half. And then they got the ball back after a DeWitt fumble and almost had a chance to score again. 42-21, St. John. St. John's ran about 22 times in that first half for 128 yards, led individually by Mulligan. Cordes had hit four out of six passes for 94 yards, 224 yards of offense in that first half for the Red Wings. But they were out down by DeWitt, who ran up 295 yards of offense, 214 of that on the ground, led by Higby's 141 yards and just seven carries. Six out of 12 through the air for Higby for eight, another 81 yards, accounting for the 295 yards of offense for DeWitt in the first half. How often do you see a team run up 300 yards of offense in the first half and be down by three touchdowns? <laughs> Never. I can't remember, that's for sure. A wild one here at Central Michigan. Kind of reminds me of the wild days when we used to go to school up here, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> enough said about that. All right, it's halftime. Second half kickoff will be coming up right after this. We were too poor to be too wild, though, right? That's right. The leaves are falling, and old man winter is lurking around the corner. Perry Carker can get all you set for the upcoming rain, snow, and ice. Boating season is just about over as well. And contact Perry Carker for weatherproofing of your boat with heavy-duty shrink wrapping. Save yourself expensive storage costs with professional waterproof shrink wrapping provided by Ed Woods and his expert staff at Perry Car Care. Perry Car Care also is the spot to take your autos, RVs, and boats for professional detailing services. Perry Car Care is located in the previous DNR building off of the Lansing Road between Perry and Morris. Stop by Perry Car Care at 10650 Bennett Drive in Perry or give them a call at 989-627-6846.
specialized deer processing is wild game processing at its best. Deer, bear, elk turned into delicious summer sausage, jerky, wieners, bratwurst, snack sticks, and more. Specialized deer processing processing in St. John's is always boneless and wrapped airtight for maximum freshness. So load up your deer game and head west on Price Road off US 27. It's just a little ways up the road. Specialized deer processing in St. John's. Wild game processing at its best. Well, quite a first half as uh, St. John's Band. I'm sure you can't hear them as we're way up high here, but uh, playing their fight song, and they're feeling pretty good about themselves right now. 42-21, and remember, St. John's won the opening toss and elected to defer, so they'll get the ball to start the second half here. So everything's coming up St. John's, at least to this point. At least to this point. But the whole game could turn around in the second half with an explosive team like the Panthers. That's Chris McMillan. I'm Ted Patel. Bart Matthews back to studios. We got some uh, good football tomorrow too, buddy. Number number seven, Michigan State taking on Northwestern. That's a watch out game. The Wildcats only one loss. Right. But if Spartans get by that, then they got a road trip ahead of them to Iowa. Mm, not an easy place. Also, some other great games tomorrow. Number six, LSU at number four, Auburn. That Auburn quarterback looks like the real deal. And that should be a heck of a game. In the Big Ten, you got number 13, Wisconsin, taking on number 15, Iowa. That's a 3.30 kickoff. And number 16, Nebraska, at number 14, Oklahoma State. Boy, that 3.30 matchup's tomorrow going to be tough. It's going to be back, 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 back on that <laughs> tomorrow. Nobody's better at that than you. Yeah, I'm one of the best, I have to admit it. <laughs> I tell you, it looks like Iowa's got it set up perfectly for them with all those teams coming in to play them at their stadium. Oh, and a lot of gold and black there, without a doubt. Well, it'll be DeWitt kicking it off here. They'll kick from the left to the right. Here's the boot. Low-line driver fielded by one of the St. John's up guys. Connivelle at the 35 to the 40 to the 45-yard line, so the Red Wings will have it in good field position here. Second half just underway here from Kelly Short Stadium in Mount Pleasant. And uh, this is one of those rare weekends, Chris, where you might want to get raking and stuff done, you know, other than the Michigan State game and some of those big national games. No Michigan game, no Lions game on Sunday. Get some of that stuff done around the house. Debbie wants you to do. Yeah, I know, but I think it's supposed to rain all week. Oh, no. Well, put your raincoat on. No. <laughs> Penalty flag here. Play stoppage. We got some good windies the other, other day. Blew all my leaves out of there. Yeah, it, was, it definitely had a big effect on the leaves on the trees. Well, first play from scrimmage here. A little slow getting underway here. St. John's looks like called for the illegal formation or something. Coach Marigi out uh, trying to get an explanation from the referees. Of course, this Sunday also, I, I think it's a Sunday night game, Vikings at the Packers. That would be a good matchup. Brett Favre back to Green Bay. I'm sure he'd like to get back to just playing football and get some of this other stuff out of the way. But uh, this off-the-field nonsense of his, I don't know if it's going to go away. Split backfield. First and 15, and another penalty flag. Don't they know we got a long ride home tonight? What they do? Change their offensive formation at halftime? I don't know. Unless sometime, unless is this going to be offsides? Offsides on DeWitt. <laughs> Let's start the second half all over again. So it's first and ten. St. John's. Cordes comes into the huddle now with a play from the sideline. Got Conneval in the backfield with him. 
Here's the snap. Pitches to Conovell around the left end, looking for an opening. Got a little bit of room, and then is brought down there. Higby, one of the tackles. Both Higby brothers there in on that tackle for DeWitt. Only a yard on that quick pitch that time to Conovell. Second half underway here from Mount Pleasant. 42-21. to St. John's over undefeated DeWitt. Capital Area Activities Conference crossover matchup. Both will be in the same division next year. There's Conneville on the trap play between right guard and tackle. Gets about three or four yards. First one there on the hit by an early. Well, that sends the ball up to almost at midfield, the 49-yard line of St. John's, where they'll be looking at third down and seven. Well, I don't think DeWitt's ever given up 42 points in the first half to anybody. Well, I'll tell you what, if they have, I, I can't remember it. Play action pass now. QB out to pass it, throws it out to Mulliken, who took his eye off the ball trying to go downfield. Now we got a penalty, late penalty flag in the defensive backfield. Let's see what this is all about. Do you see it? No, I didn't hear it either, and it might have been verbal. It very well could have been. It was just an incomplete pass. Referees saying, is that pass interference signal right there? I don't know, but it didn't happen if that's what he's calling. Well, it might have been somebody deeper downfield maybe that was pushed when the ball was in the air. We didn't see it on the play. Mullen. There was nobody even downfield. No. Yeah, it was a very strange call, but the Red Wings will take it. Jordan Fletcher, the defensive back, over to get an explanation from the referee. I don't know, man. I don't think maybe the referees didn't think they were involved enough in the first half, Ted. Maybe, but they're getting their money's worth now. Well, now they changed the signal to defensive holding. Originally, they gave the uh, pass interference signal. Now they clarified it and say it's a defensive holding penalty, and they move the ball all the way up to the 35-yard line of DeWitt. Yeah, Coach Zimmerman's going to be ready to blow a gas. Oh, I know. If I could see, which you know I can't see, I can't see that far to, to see his expression on his face. Split backfield. Here's a dive play. Mulliken breaks a tackle, puts the shoulder down inside the 25. And I'll tell you, man, it's still a long way to go in this game. You just get the feeling that St. John's feels it right now. Yeah, you do. That's exactly what I was thinking after that play. It just feels like it's their night. Yeah, it almost seems like DeWitt doesn't know what to do. I'm sure that's a pretty simplified way of looking at things, but... You know, they just got that the, the, their mannerisms that we can see up here. Yeah, they better show up that defense if they uh, they think they want the long run down their playoffs. Exactly. We got a whistle now, and what is the situation here? The referees again slowing down play. It's ugly. That's a good thing. It's Friday night, right? Mm-hmm. And they call timeout just to show. Oh, they got to move the chains. Move the chains. We can't blame the refs for that. Oh, they were just waiting for the signal, though, Ted. They didn't get the official signal. No, that's, that's probably it. Now, okay, ref, got him set. Let's go. St. John's breaks their huddle now. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. They stopped play again. I, I think they're just, they need to pick it up. St. John's wants to run a quick play, and the referees aren't ready for him. John Johnson, if you're listening, get him picked up. Now what do they call? They called too much time. They called delay again. How can that possibly be a delay of game? Do you understand that? The delay was on the officials for not moving the chain game. you got to be kidding me. Gosh almighty, if I was Coach Marigy, I'd be going crazy. I, I never had time out. They didn't have the chain set. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Uh, what do you think the elapsed time was once they set the sticks? I don't Ten know. Ten seconds at the most? Yeah, uh, let's get it back together here, Ted. First and 15 from the 30-yard line. St. John's with it. Here is uh, Conneval with the call. 
between right guard and tackle, maybe gets it to the 26-yard line before he is stacked up there by Ryan Early and Trey Williams. A couple minutes gone here in the third quarter. 42-21, St. John's over DeWitt. That's right, 42-21, St. John's. Red Wings with some big plays in that first half, including a 90-yard interception return by Mason Stahl. That put them up by a touchdown, and they just kept rolling. Split backfield, play action now. Cornish looks to throw, passes it off. It's intercepted. Intercepted by DeWitt. It bounced up in the air, and it was picked off by Jacob Higby. And the DeWitt crowd on their feet, so maybe that's the little momentum boost they needed. But they got the ball now. They'll have it first and 10, trailing 42-21 to to St. John's. So it'll be DeWitt with it, first and 10. Higby back to throw now, flushed out of the pocket. Scrambles upfield to the 30-yard line and stacked up there by Colin Wilson, the middle linebacker. They got about six yards on that scramble up the middle. The clock continues to move with 9.15 to go here in uh, the third quarter. 42-21, St. John. DeWitt now trying to hurry things up a little bit. Caleb Higby breaks him out of the huddle and goes into the shotgun. One running back, four wide receivers. The other Higby goes in motion. They hand it to him, Jacob, trying to get around the left end. Looks like he has first down yardage across the 35. Run out of bounds about the 37. Taylor Ladisky there along with uh, Mason Salls. Long way to go in this one still, but it's uh, been all St. John's here since about midway through that first quarter. All the momentum. Leading it by three touchdowns. Back to the pistol this time. Higby has got a running back behind him in Nathaniel Deke. Two wideouts each way. They put in the midsection of Deke, puts the head down up the middle. Good yardage across the 40 to about the 43-yard line where he's stacked up there by Colin Wilson and Tim Moynette. Deke with just seven rushes in the game, and he looks like a really tough running back. I'd be on in the middle a little bit more with him. Yeah, he's a, those are feature running back with uh, almost 800 yards and 13 touchdowns coming in tonight. Now it's hit me back to throw on second and four. Passes up, and it's caught by Jordan Wallace. Wallace has been held in check here tonight. Jordan Johnson is their leading receiver on the season. I'm not sure what he's added up to tonight, but he had 50 catches coming in, almost 100 yards and seven touchdowns. 50 catches for a high school receiver. Yeah, it's a different era, Ted. It is definitely a different era. And now we've got, uh, looks like the chains are coming out, so they'll measure. So they brought out the chains, and it'll be a first down at DeWitt. Panthers will have it at their own 46-yard line. First and 10, trailing at 42-21. to 21. Out of the pistol, Caleb Higby takes a snap, runs the option into the line. Deke gets the call, nothing there that time. Brought down by Taylor Pemberton again. Met him head on along with linebacker Colin Wilson. Maybe a yard. Hard-earned yard. So it brings up second down and nine. The Panthers with the football, trailing it by three touchdowns. Caleb Higby looking over the line of scrimmage for Rob Zimmerman's call. Get out of the pistol. Two wideouts each way, going left to right as we see it. A little swing pass goes out to Jake Higby. Not much there at all. In fact, I think he lost yardage on that play. And let me double-check that. That's number three on the reception. Zachariah Aker on that catch. Old-fashioned biblical name there, Zachariah. Third and ten. DeWitt with the football. Back to pass is Higby. Rolls to his left now. Looking for somewhere to go. Goes back against his body, and it completes it. Dangerous pass. Wait, let's see. St. John's is saying incomplete, but the referee says it's a catch. Ryan Patrickus on the catch. 
Matt is one confident quarterback showing that football amongst all those black jerseys laid over the middle. All that, yeah, exactly, laid over the middle. How often does that go the other way for an interception? Almost every time. Good confidence there. Now they'll run the option this way. Higby keeps it himself and is stacked up at the line of scrimmage. Gang tackled there by a flock of wings. Aaron Fidoa, first one there for St. John's. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. Depending on where St. John's falls in the division matchups, we know they're in the playoffs, but they're going to be a team that's going to be tough to deal with, even if they're on the road. They are, but that division, I think they're going to be in three. It's got to be about the toughest division in the state. Yeah, definitely. Is that the one with East Grand Rapids, more than likely? Yeah, it'll be tough. They might even be in two today. I don't remember. They played Lowell last year. Right? right, two. That's right. All depends on the enrollment. Here's a pass out here, a little swing pass, complete to the fullback, Deke, and he's running about inside the 20-yard line at about the 18. Carnival is there to run him out, along with Colin Wilson, but uh, pretty safe play call there and a big result. Yeah, I'm pretty sure St. John's was in two last year because DeWitt goes three every year. Right. Yeah, we did that Lowell-St. John's game in the pouring rain at the Lowell football facility, one of the nicest high school football stadiums we've ever been in. Right up there with East uh, Kentwood. And Lowell won it last year, right? Yeah. And there's CY in that game. I think they're favored again in that division. Put a program over there for Noel Dean. They've got quite the sports boosters, a la the St. John's Red Wings. Boy, they come out in force. The St. John's School District. It's nice to see they pass that millage. And they're, gonna, they're building a brand new gym for us. They like that. Great. I don't know what's going on down in the field now, but nobody called time up. We're going in and out with players, and I think they had, they had some sort of either an equipment issue or blood on one of the players' arms. The St. John's coaching staff not thrilled. Referees are going to give them some time to send somebody in. It's like the big number 75 entering the play. Trevor Kramer going in there defensively here for the Red Wings. First and 10 to win from the 18-yard line of St. John's. They trail the Red Wings 42-21. Caleb Higby takes the snap out of the shotgun, throws one over in the far side, complete. Caught by his brother Jacob on a five-yard completion there. Brought down by Tim Moynette. Higby, five out of five here to start the third quarter. And he threw that one with some authority too, didn't he? Of course, he's probably played a little catch with his brother. From my, but I understand they used to catch each other's fists once in a while. Yeah, growing up. A little roughhousing going on there between the twins. Here's the quarterback, Caleb, into the corner. He's got a man open. It's caught. Touchdown. Doing it. And I think that was his brother again, his go to guy, Jacob Higby, with the catch and the six points. That one's got to give DeWitt a little bit of a boost there in the confidence factor. That brings it to 42-27 right now. And the way they scored there was St. John is turning the ball over way down there on the other end. It was huge. They're right. So it will be uh, Jacob Higby to kick it. The kick is up. And it is no good. No good wide right. But uh, DeWitt gets within 42-27. to 5-16 to go here in the third on the castle. Well, here's the kick. Right down the middle. Fielded by... Number three there for the Red Wings, Mason Sauls. He went down to a knee at about the 19-yard line, so it'll be St. John's with it. First and 10 from their own 19. Pet peeve number 39 out of my 5,000 in life, Ted. Yeah. Why great offensive teams kick 
extra points. What is it for uh, show? <laughs> well, I don't know. Oh. For two, come on. You know who used to do that all the time was Tony and Ethan Montrose. It never ticked them. Right. Counted the two pointers at you. Well, sometimes it's a matter of not having anybody that can kick. But you know, you 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 bring up a fair point. If you're a great offensive team, your odds are you're going to make what 75 percent of your two point attempts. Probably be more points. Here's a quick pitch. St. John's running back gets about three or four yards that time. That was Moynette, but we do have a penalty flag. So penalties are starting to fly here in the second half, which has taken away the momentum a little bit from both of the teams to get any kind of rhythm. Holding going to go against the Red Wings here. We have 5-10 to go in the third. 42-27. to St. John's on top of undefeated DeWitt. Boy, what a great setting for a night football game here at CMU. And they do have an outstanding, an outstanding lighting system here. And I guess at the big house, they're putting in uh, permanent lighting for next year. Yeah. I think they have Notre Dame Saturday night, 8 o'clock game next year. They want to get it up and ready for that. Here's a dive up the middle. That's Mason Sauls on the pullback dive. Maybe gets back to five yards. They just lost on the penalty. I tell you, Notre Dame's going to have their hands full with Navy tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. At, and, uh, at the Meadowlands. The Meadowlands, yeah. Navy's not a bad football team at all. No. That's a, that's a big prime, a big game there for the Irish. Neutral site. Here's uh, Sauls again on the dive play. Navy gets a couple stacked up by Trey Williams and Nathaniel Deke. What's your favorite part of New York City, Chris? My favorite part of New York City? Just fav- your favorite thing that you that you did. I know you went to a play, you did the whole bus tour. Oh, Times Square is pretty unique, and, uh, you know, we saw the Jersey Boys, those two very interesting, cool things. Mm-hmm. Will you go back? I'm not in any hurry to go back. <laughs> I'm a small-town boy. It's way too big and way too busy for me. Third down and about nine. St. John's quickly gets to the line. Halfback option coming up again. They got a man wide open. And I think Moynette caught it. So good athletic play there, but he had six. He bobbled it and had to double check and make sure that he caught the ball on that big third down play. But if he would have caught it cleanly, there was nobody anywhere near him. Yeah, and I think he started to think about all that, too, as the ball was in the air. And again, Colin Wilson with a nice completion on the halfback option. But boy, that he definitely had six points if he didn't bobble it, get tripped up on his own. He was four steps ahead of the nearest DeWitt defender. Boy, DeWitt's got to work on some pass coverage. Now they're trying to stack up for the run. Jim Moynette on the run this time gets a couple yards, and I think that's what lulled him to sleep tonight, Chris. I don't know how many passing attempts St. John's had. They've had a handful at least by their quarterback, but they've at least thrown two or three halfback options. Yeah, just nine passes. Yeah. So, I mean, I was just noticing on the field on that play, DeWitt had pretty much all 11 players within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Sometimes you just get too cocky as a program and as a team. So, here it is. Red Wings hand it off, and the running back Mulligan is in the open to 30, the 20, the 10. Touchdown, St. John's 48-yard run by the governor, Andrew Mulligan. 
if I wasn't up here watching this, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't believe that DeWitt could be so horrible on defense. Because St. John's is just carving them up like they're a junior high team. It's a combination, I'll be honest with you, the way I see it, too. Yeah, DeWitt, or St. John's is making DeWitt look terrible. I mean, yeah, you got to give them credit, too. Heck, yeah, you do. They're opening up some holes, and St. John's is just running on all cylinders. Here's the kick, and it hits the upright on the left side, but goes through. Cool it a bucket. Three minutes to go in the third, 49-27. St. John's over DeWitt. Right here live on Z92.5. 9 o'clock on this Friday night. Still a lot of football to go here. Here's the Red Wings kickoff. Bobbled down inside the 10-yard line there. And the Red Wings come down and smother the receiver, bringing it upfield. That was Jordan Wallace trying to make the return. Brought down about the 18-yard line. No, all the credit in the world goes to St. John's staff, but, you know, DeWitt is thought of as a state title contending team. And to bring out and put on a performance like this defensively, they're not going anywhere. They've had Division Three very far. Well, this is a wake-up call for the Panthers for sure, you know. And they did have, like you said, they a lot of press, including a big article today by Mick McCabe in the Detroit Free Press. 49 points in less than three quarters. Unbelievable. Number three team in the state. They only put 42 up on Owasso last week. They like this fast track, evidently. Mm-hmm. Here's the handoff. And that's not to take anything away from the Trojans, but uh, still, this is an undefeated DeWitt team. Short game there. I'll tell you, trailing it by three touchdowns, too. The clock's going to be a factor here before too long, too. It already is. Two and a half minutes to go here in the third quarter. Red Wings on top, 49-27. Caleb Higby looking at second down and six. Play action pass. Trying to get out of the pocket. The Red Wings bring him down. Big number 77 there. Well, let me double check. That might have been Aaron Pitawa, big number 71. Remind me to make an eye appointment soon. <laughs> I don't think your eyes are all that bad. Those numbers are tough to read. They are tough to read up here. Third down and seven, DeWitt. Ball on their own 21-yard line. Caleb Higby takes the snap. Looks downfield, throws one over the middle to his brother Jacob. He hauls it in at about the 41, a diving grab. Good job there, Coach Rob Zimmerman over on the sideline saying, hustle up, boys, let's go to that, hurry up. First and 10, DeWitt. They mark it right at the 40-yard line, their own 40, leading it 49-27. to 27. St. John's on top, playing the defense. Higby out of the shotgun now, two running backs. Fakes it to his left halfback, rolls around the left end himself, has some room, gets the corner at midfield, and is knocked out of bounds at about the 45-yard line of St. John's. Caleb Higby showed his speed there. Nice run around that left end. Yeah, if there's a better quarterback in this division than uh, Caleb Hickey, I'd like to see him. He's definitely impressive and has the quicks. Clock stops with a minute 27 to go here in the third. It'll be DeWitt with it first and 10 from the 45-yard line of St. John. Red Wings lead it 49-27. to Caleb Higby again out of the shotgun here. One running back. Flat back comes in motion this way. They run the option to him, and it's handed off to Ryan Weaver. Weaver brought down after a short game there. Good open field tackle by Moynette. 
in on that hit. Also helping out was Cooper Davis. So we're down to a minute nine to go here in the third quarter. Just a perfect ideal evening for a high school football game. We'll call this the first round of the playoffs. How's that sound? Kind of fitting here as we get ready for the dance next Friday night. We'll have the announcement of who we're covering first round on Monday. Here's Higby scrambling for his life and is brought down about a three- or four-yard loss there back to the 45-yard line. Cody Garlock, the 255-pound senior, brought him down. And we're down to 30 seconds to go here in the third. I, I think the Panthers are stunned. I think they are, and maybe the neutral field has something to do with it. Um, I don't know. It's no excuse for anybody. St. John's is just playing outstanding game. Right. It's going to be hard to duplicate that next week, but if they can, they're going to go away well, to the playoffs. Let's face it, they've played well, and they've been coached very well. I mean, Coach Dave Marigy is he's called a perfect game. Here's Higby trying to set up a screen back this way. He completes it to his brother Jacob, who gets a block, and he gets to the 40. It is run out of bounds, close to first down yardage. It is going to be very close. He's a very elusive receiver there. As he gets close to first down yardage, that'll be the last play of the third quarter. They'll probably bring the chains out. This D92.5 Castle Classic football game was previously recorded from a prior broadcast. Tony Young and the entire Young family salute all mid-Michigan area athletes. At Young Chevrolet Cadillac and Young Buick GMC, they know it takes teamwork to be successful. So from the Young team to your team, have a great season. Young Chevrolet Cadillac and Young Buick GMC on M21 in Owasso invite you to drive a little, save a lot. Visit them online at youngautosales.com. Young Chevrolet Cadillac and Young Buick GMC are proud supporters of high school sports on Z92.5. The Castle. The Ovid Service Agency and Auto Owners Insurance make a great team and are proud to serve Ovid and surrounding communities. Greg, Luke, and Jenny Martin, thank you for choosing Ovid Service Agency as your local auto owner's independent agent. Ovid Service Agency offers a wide range of policies to fit your insurance needs. Stop in and see them in downtown Ovid or call 989-834-2288. Visit them online at ovidserviceagency.com and like them on Facebook. Ovid Service Agency is a proud supporter of high school sports on Z92.5 The Castle. Victory Heating and Cooling, serving all of mid-Michigan, is proud to feature train heating and cooling products. Train has the right system for your home. Victory Heating and Cooling has Michigan's best HVAC installers and service crews in the business and would love and appreciate the opportunity to serve you and your home. Victory Heating and Cooling featuring train products, the best team with the best products for your home. Visit VictoryHeatingAndCooling.com or call 989-224-7171. You always get the best at Beck's Trailer Superstore, the nation's largest trailer dealer. With over 1,500 trailers on 45 acres, you won't find a better selection anywhere. Whether you're looking for an open or enclosed trailer for work or play, you'll find the perfect trailer at Beck's. They have flexible financing options through several national and local lenders to offer the most competitive rates and payment from only $69 a month with approved credit. For the best selection of quality trailers at unbeatable prices, call 
888-SAY-BEX or visit BexTrailerStore.com. Hub Tire is there for you with the best service for all your tire and suspension needs. They've been taking care of your automotive needs for decades, priding themselves on honesty and the best service around. Hub Tire can handle anything from a Chevy Cobalt to a motorhome, including semis and farm service. Open Monday through Friday. Call today at 989-224-3218. Stop in on Business 27 north of M21 in St. John's or visit hubtires.com. Your number one St. John's Red Wing fans, Auto Owners Insurance and Alabama Brubaker Insurance Agency is a winning combination. They'll work with you to insure your home, auto, business, and life to keep everything you value safe, sound, and secure. Auto Owners Insurance, the no problem people. Visit them in St. John's and East Lansing or online at abins.com. Alabama Brubaker Insurance is your local independent auto owner's agent and a proud supporter of high school sports on Z92.5 The Castle. Mid-State Sales and Service in St. John's has the outdoor power you need to get the job done fast. It's the perfect time to pick up new equipment from the best names in lawn care like Simplicity and Skag. Get end-of-the-summer deals and financing up to 0% for 48 months. Fall cleanup is just around the corner. Take advantage of sale prices on a new steel leaf blower or chainsaw. Mid-State Sales and Service on M21, just a quarter mile west of DeWitt Road in St. John's. Mid-State Sales and Service is a proud supporter of high school sports on Z92.5 The Castle. This Z92.5 Castle Classic football game was previously recorded from a prior broadcast. Chris McMillan, I'm Ted the Sports Guy and Bart Matthews back to the studio. Our pleasure to bring you this game tonight. I'm sure our St. John's fans very happy to listen to this if there's anybody left in St. John's. 49 to 27, they lead it. And if you're uh, just tuning in, it has been a shocker. Ball has been flying all over the field. Big plays galore. But the number one thing, St. John's has sent a three-quarter message over to DeWitt. 49 big points up on that digital scoreboard to our right. Over-under was 90 today, I guess. <laughs> Here's Higby back to throw to his brother Jacob and St. John's read that one perfectly. Good open field tackle there by uh, number 23, Austin Conneville, coming up from his strong safety position. Well, I'll tell you, the home side of the field here, the St. John's field, or St. John's sidelines, with the coaches and the players all excited right now, really enjoying this one, and I don't blame them. They're giving a statement out there. It seems to reflect the attitude of the teams coming into the game, too. St. John's, I think, just wanted this more than DeWitt. DeWitt was looking to the playoffs. And again, it goes all the way back early on. You know, when we started this game, DeWitt was very impressive. They took the opening uh, kickoff and drove it right down the field. St. John's, though, came up with a big play on fourth down. They completed it. They got a little momentum boost, and then they had a big interception for a 90-yard touchdown, and they were off to the races. Here's a quick for a short gain around the left end. And with that, let's go back to Bart at the studio. And our first final of the night, it's Ithaca 35, Shepard 7. And also going into the uh, the bottom of the fourth, it looks like it's uh, still one nothing, Texas over New York. Go Rangers, baby. And again, Ithaca finishes a perfect regular season. For, uh, their quarterback will be uh, performing here next year. I think that was their closest game of the year. I agree. 35-7. to 7. Yep. We had Bruce Shepard. Yeah, they gave him a good battle. <laughs> Shepard coached by Bruce Bendix, I think, the former Trojan coach. Shepard or Hill. We saw Shepard and uh, what else he played. No, then it's not Bruce. 
He must be up at Hemlock. Oh, yeah, he's at Hemlock. Oh, okay. Yep. So it's, uh, there was a penalty here on the play, illegal block, so it's first down and about 20 for St. John's. Inside trap play, they hand it off to their running back. But every run they try is going to tick off more valuable time off that clock. Both teams have all three of their allotted timeouts left. Short gain on that run. We're down to 11 minutes and 30 seconds to go here in the contest. 49-27, St. John's. I think you said earlier that if St. John's does beat DeWitt, they're going to gather a lot of points and get that maybe that, probably that first-round home game. Yeah, they might. It might be enough for a first-round home game. And very good possibility we could be there. Here's a handoff coming this way on the power play. Running back stays inbounds. That was... Uh, Mason Sauls on the carry following Mulliken's block, brought down by Luke Pabst and Dylan Keener. Take me also in on that tackle. And another final. It's new low for a 43, Byron 7. Also uh, going into the fourth quarter, Dryden leading Morris 54 28. All right, Bart, thanks for that. Congratulations to the new Lothar Hornets with an undefeated regular season and total dominance. Here's the handoff to Mulliken. Going to be short of the first down. They're bring up fourth down and about three from their own 45-yard line. It's definitely a record-setting new Lothar season, and I'm, I'm still scratching my head. Are they really that good? Or that league? That week? I think they're probably pretty much that good. Uh, they're just putting up staggering numbers. When, when we look at it tomorrow and, and see what they've scored and how much they've given up, it's just mind-boggling. It could be a school record for uh, a school that's had a lot of good teams. That's what I'm thinking. So they'll definitely have a home game next Friday night. Here's a boot on fourth down. DeWitt lets it bounce at the 25, takes a red wing bounce inside the 20 to about the 19-yard line where DeWitt will have it trailing 49-27 with 9 and 40 to go. So it'll be DeWitt with it. Nine minutes and 40 seconds to go. 49-27, St. John. Caleb Higby takes a snap, play action pass. Looks over here Ooh. this way, passes up. It's going to be picked. No, dropped. Oh, it hung in the air, and it was right there for the picking for number 25, Bo Moore, but it's just off his fingertips. I think he maybe took a quick glance in the end zone, too, because he had six. And Higby took a big shot in the backfield, too. He got up a little bit slow. Yeah, you know, this is a pretty darn good St. John's defense when they know the opposing team's going to have to pass. They're ready right now. Much better than the team last year. Yeah, went to the playoffs. This is a much better St. John's. Here's the snap. Take me back to throw. Throws one down the far sideline. That might be interference, but it is. An obvious pass interference that time on the defensive back for St. John's. But it did prevent a touchdown. But it'll be a 15-yard walk-off here against the Red Wings. Pretty easy call there for the referees. Three of them threw their flags, and I think we're all in agreement. The right call. All of us are in agreement except for St. John's fans <laughs> over here. They didn't like it. <laughs> After three quarters, St. John's has 20 first downs. Excuse me, DeWitt has more first downs than St. John's. 20 to 15, believe it or not. Yeah, 
I think they also have a time of possession advantage too, which is the most useless statistic in football. What is the time of possession out there? No, he, uh, St. John's actually took it over, 18 minutes to 15 minutes. Okay. Well, the penalty sends the ball up to about the 35-yard line where it'll be first and 10 to win. Higby back to throw, looks over this way. They're going right to left now. He's going to get sacked. Big sack there for the Red Wings. Cody Garlock there in on that tackle. Higby had nowhere to go. Give credit that time to the St. John's secondary as they had the receivers all smothered. He was looking to his brother Jacob, but uh, there was nowhere to go. So a big loss on the play. It's going to be second down and 18. The ball back at the 28-yard line. We're under nine minutes to go. St. John's looking for a big upset here. As Dwight came in here undefeated and pretty much untouched all season long. Here's Higby scrambling out of the pocket to his left. Pass goes up, knocked away by the linebacker there. Hutback, Austin Conneville had plenty of time to get back and knock that one away. He read the quarterback's eyes as Higby was looking to his left the whole time. Stops the clock, though, with 8 minutes and 33 seconds to go. 49-27. St. John's over to win. Yeah, you got to think if uh, DeWitt can't get a first down here, this game is pretty much key by the door. It'll be all, yeah. It'd it make it very, very tough if they have to give up the ball back to St. John's again. You know they're going to knock off at least another three minutes if they get the ball at the minimum. Here's a fake pitch. Higby back to throw. Throws one up. Incomplete. Intended for Jacob Higby over his outstretched arm. It's going to bring up fourth and long here. Well, this is always one of those weird plays, weird types of the game. You know, he's got fourth down and about 18 from his own 28. WJSZ, Ashley Owasso. Pretty much have to go for it, and he is. Very dangerous. You're saying, basically, if you don't get it, the game's over. Probably is either way, so he might as well go for it. Caleb Higby at QB. Nobody in the backfield takes the snap, looking downfield. Gets away from one would-be tackler, trying to buy some time, has all kinds of time. Finally fires one up, and it's up in the air, and it's caught. Unbelievable. At the 40-yard line of St. John's, that one was hauled in by Ryan Weber. Boy, uh, Higby had all kinds of time. He pirouetted about three times in the backfield to get away from would-be tacklers. Completed a big pass downfield on fourth and 18. Boy, he's a lot of fun to watch. He is worth the price of admission. He's, and then some. He's the real deal, for sure. Hard to believe he was a wide receiver and not a quarterback last year. That's how good they always are, I quarterback, know. man. So it gives them light. First and 10 from the 40-yard line. Still time. Higby, back to throw. Getting some pressure from behind. Scrambles away from it. Scrambles back again. <laughs> well, he's all over the place. Gets away from another guy. Comes back this way. Finally, somebody said, I've had enough. I'm going to play it out. Ooh, how's that tackler? He just didn't want to have him scramble anymore. He even got shaken up a little bit. Good play. I think that was Colin Wilson. It was. I think Kalen Higby fell in love a little bit with himself there, making those pirouettes. Yeah, he got a little too fancy that time. and paid the price. Clock's moving with 7.19 to go. Now, that was a humongous loss. Goes all the way back to the 41-yard line of DeWitt, and finally Coach Zimmerman calls timeout. 7.16 to go in this one, 49-27. The St. John's Red Wings right here on the castle. Well, it's a big old full moon here tonight over the stadium, and uh, it's been kind to St. John's. 
They are putting on an impressive performance. It's been kind of a full moon game, hasn't it? It has been. It's been a wild one, but a fun one. Here comes the blitz. Take me back to throw. Second and long. Completes another one, and the receiver breaks a tackle. Petrykis at the 30, inside the 20. Horse collar down, no penalty flag, but he takes it inside the 20-yard line. So how about that? That was second down and 49. <laughs> and he got more than that. Takes it all the way inside the 20-yard line. He got 43. <laughs> this kid is putting up some numbers. Now it'll be uh, first and 10 to went with it now at about the 16-yard line. Higby back to throw, looking in the far corner of the end zone. It's up. It is incomplete, intended for Jordan Wallace. Good coverage there by the defensive back. That was Cooper Davis over there on that side. We're down under seven minutes to go in this one. 49-27. A little hanky on the field there, it looks like. Yeah, let's see what this is all about. It looks like it's somewhere around the line of scrimmage. This might be a penalty against DeWitt. Might be a hold. No, they're going to pick up the flag. It was a fake out. Second down and a 10. I think Jets fans not too happy with that no call. They're a vocal group. They are vocal. They are definitely into this one. They've got the band over the air. Good contingent has made their way over. Has made their way over here from uh, DeWitt as well. Pretty simple jaunt right up uh, 27 to Mount Pleasant, right here in the middle of the mitten. Home of the beautiful campus of Central Michigan University. It's always fun to get back up here, our old stopping ground. Where's the old alibi? Here's a handoff. Running back gets the left corner and then is out of bounds. That was Deke. Alibi on the old wayside. I never went to those establishments myself. Or in the <laughs> library. <laughs> That's where I should have been. <laughs> Did work at the old uh, Zephyr gas station mill part-time. Remember those? Remember that? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> he just used Zephyr. <laughs> Third. Last time you saw one of those. <laughs> the last time I've seen uh, a Sinclair. Third and three. Option up the middle. Deep gets the toss. Trying to get around the left end. Breaks a tackle. And has, I think, enough for the first down. Down to about the five-yard line. Forty-nine twenty-seven. St. John's holding on top. With DeWitt now threatening. They've got first end goal from the five-yard line of St. John's. Big crowd here tonight. Could be a little trouble getting out of the parking lot. Oh, it's a pretty good-sized parking lot. Well, it is. We're pinned in pretty good, too, though. First and goal from the five. Pass goes in the corner of the end zone. Incomplete. He had a wide-open Jordan Wallace. The defensive back slipped down. Pass was just a little bit too high. Well, if we can't get out of the parking lot, maybe we'll have to go to the library. It's not a bad idea. Looks like we got an injured uh, St. John's player. Might have been the, the defensive back. He went down and may have already had a, a pre-existing injury as the trainer didn't waste any time sprinting out onto the field. They're all fast. Even the trainer's fast. <laughs> I think it's Cooper Davis that's the shaking up Red Wing. Got a little kitchen uh, and get-along here as he's coming over to the sideline. 
Midway through this fourth quarter on Z92.5, St. John's on top, 49-27 over DeWitt. It's one of our more entertaining games of the year and probably one of our longest of the year, too. Here's Higby back to throw, scrambles out of trouble, brought down at about the four, tried to cut up the middle. Hit Colin Wilson. <laughs> Those defensive linemen are going to see Higby in their nightmares for a while. Oh, he can definitely scramble, and it didn't hurt him at all to come here on the AstroTurf, and it's going to be a timeout on the field as DeWitt calls the timeout with 5.49 to go. 49-27, St. John's over the DeWitt Panthers. Third down and goal from the four-yard line. DeWitt with it, trailing it 49-27. Caleb Higby, look for an option here. Option pass or run. They hand it off to Deke, just a straight dive play. Stop short. So I think DeWitt probably is going to have to call a timeout again. They could run out of them, though. Well, they've got, uh, they've got one left. They call it. I mean, it's fourth down and goal. I mean, you got to make sure you have some good play called here, but they call the timeout. And again, stopping the clock with 528 to go here in the ballgame. Here we go. DeWitt's last chance to stay in this one. Fourth and goal from the two. Higby takes a snap. He'll roll to his right. Now get some pressure. Trying to set up a pass. Throws one back against the green. Oh, at the goal line. No, incomplete. There was a massive hit down there. And the receiver took the full force of the blow down on the ground and lost control of the football and is hurt. What a hit. Wow. What a play. That ball just hung up in the air forever, and that defensive back was allowed to get over there and make that hit. And that's all that saved it, because you're right. It did hang in the air, and it was it was a touchdown if he could have thrown it a little bit more crispy, crisply. But instead, it was off the fingertips of the wide receiver, and it falls incomplete. And now St. John's will just try to pound it out of trouble. They'll have first and ten from their own two-yard line after this timeout. We have an injury timeout on the field as they uh, tend to that receiver that uh, got just clocked over there on that far side. Timeout on the field, 49-27. St. John. Ryan Patrykas is the one that was shaken up, but he's going to be okay. He comes out to the sideline under his own power there. So the Red Wings right now, what they need to do to keep in control of this game right now is just hang on to that football. Hang on to the ball. Even if they run a few plays in the line of scrimmage for no gain and have to punt it, they can use some of that time. DeWitt is out of timeouts. I think what I'd run right here is a quarterback steep. I'd go deep. <laughs> That's a difference between us. It's a handoff in the backfield. Neither one of us get it right, and they buy a little room there. They get to about the five-yard line. St. John's on their way to end DeWitt's undefeated season here. Red Wings lead at 49-27, and we're under five minutes to go, partner. Impressive win here by the Red Wings if they can hang on to it. Yeah, the only thing optimistically you can take away from this is DeWitt is, uh, hey, maybe it'll help us in the playoffs, get his perspective back, get yeah. his heads back on straight. As they say, a little wake-up call. Wake up. Split backfield here. The Red Wings have it. Second down from the five-yard line, their own five. Up to about the 11 goes the ball carrier that time. Mason Sauls gives them third down and short here coming right now. They got a little breathing room. St. John's not that far away from a 9-0 season. They had a couple close losses. <laughs> yeah, they're only losses the total of eight points. Eight points. Yeah, this is a good, good St. John's football team. Absolutely. 
So they have a split backfield. Four minutes to go in this one. Cordes using all the time he can here. Finally hands it off. It's going to be close. I don't know if he's got enough for the first down or not. It's going to all depend on the spot. Mason Saul's on the carry. It looks like he's got just enough for the first down, so that'll move the chains. And the St. John's crowd now feeling this one. They're feeling pretty confident, and I'm feeling pretty confident right now, too. It would take a disaster now. Cordes comes to the sideline, gets the play call from Dave Marriage, who's coached him up beautifully tonight. Underrated coach. Absolutely. He doesn't get the props he deserves. Very solid program over there at St. John's. Here's the handoff. Mulliken this time on the dive. I think we're going to have our hands full picking a player of the game tonight. Definitely going to be a Red Wing player, Chris. I might have to rely on your help with those stats. We'll just have to tally it all up. It's definitely been a team effort. Absolutely. Coach Baragy, now in his 11th season, looking to pick up his 84th win here tonight against 56 defeats. Got a nice, solid football machine over there in St. John's. Very competitive year in and year out. And of course, that 2004 team all the way to the state championship game, losing out to a fine Lowell team. It might have been the last year they had the playoffs at the Silverdome. Here's a handoff. Again, Mulliken breaks it across the 20-yard line. Might be just short of the first down, but we're down to two and a half minutes to go. Probably going to take us a half hour just to give you the scoring recap here tonight. <laughs> lots and lots of points. Sports boosters here on the castle. We do appreciate it, and we'll have the playoffs starting next week. If you want to hop on board, give the studios a call, and we'll get you all hooked up with a great advertising plan. As we always know, every year when we get to the playoffs, here's a it was a run, short run on third down, going to bring up fourth in about a yard as we're down to a minute 50. But when we get to the playoffs, we always have – the record amount of listeners as everybody wants to tune in and see what's going on in the high school playoffs, our favorite time of the year. Fourth and a yard here for St. John. Do you punt it or you go for it here? I mean, they're already all the way back at their 24-yard line. Or do you just take a penalty and then punt it? I don't know. Looks like they're going to go for it. Apparently. That would definitely send a statement. Oh, they're trying to draw them off sides is what they're doing, and they just end up taking too much time. Or did they? Yeah, the back judge threw the flag, and the St. John's team thought it was uh, off sides to win, but it's a five-yard penalty down to a minute, 10 to go, and they'll walk off the five yards and send the punt team out. Definitely the right move. 49-27, St. John's on their way to their seventh victory of the season against two defeats. They're going to hand DeWitt their lone loss in the regular season as both teams will gear up for next year, or next week rather, the playoffs, where it's you win to stay in. You lose, you go home. Now, unfortunately for somebody, they're going to have to play this mad DeWitt team next week. Yeah. Here's St. John's. DeWitt came after the block, a high short punt, takes a Panther bounce at the 40 and is down at about the 36. So their final hurrah, we're down to 59 seconds to go. They'll try to put one on the board here for pride. And stay tuned when we wrap this one up. We're going to tell you about every one of the advertisers that helped us out here tonight. We do appreciate it. 59 seconds to go. DeWitt back to throw. Complete. Caleb Higby to Jacob Higby around the right end. It's knocked out of bounds at about the 20-yard line. Stops the clock with 51 seconds to go. I predict DeWitt's going to score a touchdown. What do you think? Good chance of that. They have the ball now at the 19-yard line. First and 10. 
I predict they're going to score a lot of them next week against some four, five, and four, six, and three teams. <laughs> yeah. At the Panther Field. Yeah, they're going to be a little angry after this one. I'll tell you, St. John's, they're going to celebrate it, but not for that long. They'll gear up for that Selection Sunday show. It's going to be an hour long, 7 to 8 o'clock this uh, Sunday night on Fox Sports Detroit. Here's Higby rolling around the right end, knocked out of bounds by Cooper Davis. I believe that's Cooper Davis back in there. You'll be tuned in on Sunday night, won't you? For what? The Selection Sunday. Oh, yeah. yeah. See where we're going, possibly. Those first-round games are usually pretty disappointing blowouts. You know? Usually. 41 seconds to go. Second down and short. DeWitt with it inside the 20-yard line. Pass over the middle, and it is caught. Touchdown, DeWitt. You are a genie in a bottle, Ted. Caleb Higby to Jacob Higby. Well, it didn't take that much to figure that one out. So the score will look a little bit better tomorrow, and we will get ready for an onside kick. 82 points on the board. <laughs> That's the sign of the times. What was that? How far, Chris? I had lost track of what I was doing. I put him down for 20. 20 yard completion. Higby to Higby. Higby's up to 260 yards throwing, over 130 rushing. Almost 400 yards accounted for by him. Wow. First team all day gets my vote. Probably right. He's going to go for the two here. They missed the PAT a little earlier. They run the option around the left end, and the running back goes into the end zone unscathed. That was uh, Nathaniel Deke with a two-point run. So it's 49-35, 34 kicks on the old talker. St. John's on top. Well, the hands team's out there for St. John's right now. DeWitt's obviously going to kick an onside kick. It will be Jacob Hickby to uh, try to squib one to them. Here's a kick down, and it's a recovery by one of the up guys. Nice job diving after the ball. And the Red Wings are going to be able to close this one out. Colin Wilson, he's had a nice game himself with the hands there to seal this one out. All they have to do now is kneel down, and this one is history. Get those stats tallied up, my friend, because we're almost ready to hit that old van. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before we tally things up here at the stadium, let's go back to Bart at the studio. And we've got a final for you, uh, 68-38, Dryden over Morris tonight. Also in the top of the fifth now, uh, tied up 1-1, New York and Texas. 68-38. Wow. That's more points than here. It's been a lot of points. games in the 60s this year. No doubt. Well, this one is in the books, and a big, big win for the St. John's Red Wings. They're going to celebrate here on the turf now as both teams go out to shake hands. But what a wild one. What a great game to broadcast. But here's how it looked. DeWitt scored first on a two-yard Nathaniel Deke run. That was in the first quarter. And then we had three more first-quarter scores. Andrew Mulligan took one in from 11 yards out for St. John's. Both PATs were good. Jacob Higby kicked the one up for DeWitt. And Colin Wilson did for St. John's. We were tied at seven. Then DeWitt scored to take advantage. 153 to go on the force. Fourth, uh, or 153 to go in the first, rather, a 24-yard run by Deke. Higby's PAT made it 14-7. Then St. John's, with just five seconds to go in the first quarter, found Tim Moynet, Tim Moynet open for a 34-yard run around left end. Colin Wilson's PAT tied it up at 14. Then the, one of the big plays of the game. Two big plays really got St. John's thinking they could win this one. Prior to Moynet's touchdown, they converted on a fourth down play, fourth and long, to get it down to the 34-yard line. But after that, 
the second quarter just underway, 10.40 to go. Mason Saul stepped in front of a Caleb Higby's pass with 90 yards for the interception return. Wilson's PAT made it 21-14, and the Red Wings never trailed from that point. They followed that up with a 26-yard run by Andrew Mulliken. PAT by Wilson made it 28-14. DeWitt then scored with 6.47 to go in the second, a 40-yard pass. Higby to Jacob Higby, his brother, and Higby's PAT made it 28-14, or 28-21, rather. And then St. John scored back-to-back touchdowns in the second quarter. 49-yard pass from Colin Wilson on the half-back option to Austin Connivell. Wilson's PAT made it 35-21. Then with just 34 seconds to go in the half, a 21-yard pass from Bradley Cordes to Bo Moore. Again, the Wilson's PAT. And St. John's had doubled up to win it the half, 42-21. DeWitt outscored uh, St. John's by two touchdowns to one in the second half. They had an 18-yard Caleb Higby to Jacob Higby pass about midway through the third quarter. St. John's answered that with three minutes to go in the third on an Andrew Mulliken 48-yard run. And then uh, DeWitt closed out the scoring with a 20-yard Higby to Higby pass. Two-point run was good by Nathaniel D. 49-35 in the final. St. John's wins it. I'm just going to summarize these statistics. Over 900 yards of offense by these two teams combined. 463 by St. John's, 427 by DeWitt, and it was just uh, quite a performance here by the St. John's football team. And uh, let's see what we got here uh, on the statistics. You know, we'd like to just say, hey, it's a team uh, player of the game, but we are under contract to have to name a player of the game. We had a few candidates here tonight, Chris, but uh, I think uh, we'll go ahead and give it to Andrew Mulliken. Mulliken finished with uh, 14 carries, 157 yards, total on the game, and three touchdowns. So it's hard to argue with those numbers. Agreed? I'll go with him. All right. Andrew Mulliken, congratulations. Our Main Street Pizza player of the game. So with that final recap of our sponsors. Let's go back to Bart. Yeah, one last final for you. Uh, East Lansing over Owasso tonight, 35-14. All right. Thank you for that, Bart. I appreciate your great work as always, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next Friday night as we will make our announcement Monday on where we'll be in the playoffs, but we know we will be somewhere next This D92.5 Castle Classic football game was previously recorded from a prior broadcast. Like with any sports team, people make the difference. That's why Gilbert's Hardware and Appliance in downtown Owasso is number one. With expert advice, problem-solving tips, and a friendly, helpful attitude. With quality American brand name appliances like Whirlpool, Maytag, Frigidaire, and GE plus Toshiba, LG, and many other television brands, you owe it to yourself to check out Gilbert's selection and low prices. Gilbert's Hardware and Appliance in downtown Owasso is a proud supporter of high school sports on Z92.5 The Castle. Sportsmanship has never been more important between the lines and athletics and outside those lines in our communities. To listen, to respect, to understand, to practice common decency, to have competition without contentiousness. Sportsmanlike qualities are essential components of life itself. Let's all work together to not only be good sports, But good people, a message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics. When Mother Nature leaves you broken branches or toppled trees, call Farrell's Tree Trimming and Removal. 
Farrell's does tree work in all four seasons, has three certified arborists on staff, and offers the latest technology in tree health care. They also sell firewood year-round and are licensed by the Michigan Department of Agriculture. Check them out online at ferrellstree.com or call 989-862-4453. Experienced, equipped, and insured. Ferrell's Tree Trimming and Removal. Memorial Healthcare is committed to the safest and highest quality care for every patient. You are their number one priority because you deserve the best for yourself and your loved ones. Only one hospital in mid-Michigan has earned an A for safety and four-star rating for quality care from national organizations. That's Memorial Health Care. They're number one in safety and number one in quality care in mid-Michigan. The choice is yours. The choice is clear. The choice is Memorial Health Care. If your car becomes a victim of a deer collision, KP Auto Body in St. John's will get you back on the road fast. They can handle foreign or domestic models and work with all insurance companies. Their certified technicians can handle complete paint and glass work, auto framework, and complete mechanical repairs. Plus, they'll give you a free loaner with service, and they also work with Hetler's Towing, so you get 24-7 dependable service. KP Auto Body and Hetler's Towing are proud sponsors of high school sports on Z92.5 The Castle. Applebee Oil and Propane has been your local choice for fuel needs since 1975, and they are proud to serve Shiawassee, Clinton, and Saginaw counties with excellent customer service and over 25 years of experience in the petroleum industry. They carry a full range of farm fuels, soy diesels, premium diesel fuel, NL gas, and 90-octane recreational gas, which is excellent for chainsaws, lawnmowers, and all small engines. Shop local with a name you know and trust for fuel online at applebyoil.com cadwallader lord Hahn, your local full service auto owners insurance agent call 725-7134 save by insuring your home business life boat or car with no problem auto owners insurance agent clh insurance at 200 west exchange street in owasso call 725-7134 or visit them online at clh-insurance.com clh insurance is a proud sponsor of high school sports on z92.5 at castle and wishes all area high school athletes good luck this season there's nothing better than sitting in the bleachers on a cool friday night watching your favorite teams battle it out on the gridiron Alderman's and Lennon and Cub Cadet are another team that loves taking on the competition. Right now, Cub Cadet's complete line of Z-Force and Pro-Z zero-turn mowers are in stock and on sale. These hard-hitting Cub Cadet mowers have the competition on the run with great features and great prices. Alderman's and Lennon is a proud sponsor of Michigan High School Sports. You can find Alderman's on M13 and Lennon and online at aldermans.com. The Drive of the Game is brought to you by Young Chevrolet Cadillac Buick GMC on M21 in Owasso, saluting all mid-Michigan athletes. Drive on in or go online at youngautosales.com. Well, there was a couple of key drives in this game, one on offense and one on defense. Tim Moynette's 34-yard TD run in the second quarter tied the game at 14, and then that was followed up by Mason Stahl's 90-yard interception return to give the Red Wings the lead and confidence to get the W. Thanks for tuning in to this evening's Castle Classic, brought to you by Alderman's and Lennon, Allaby and Brubaker Insurance, Appleby Oil and Propane, Beck's Trailer Superstore and Service Center, CLH Insurance, 
Fast Eddie's, Farrell's Tree Trimming and Removal, Gilbert's Hardware and Appliance, Graham's Accounting, Hub Tire Center, also helping us out for this one, KP Auto Body, Memorial Healthcare, Mid-State Sales and Service, Mid-City Excavating, Oaks Fisher Insurance, Ovid Service Agency, Postal Connections, Sports Scene, Three Point Podcast, Victory Heating and Cooling, Young Buick GMC, Young Chevrolet Cadillac. Don't forget, tune in next week at 7 for the exciting 1996 regional matchup between the Corona Cavaliers and, again, the DeWitt Panthers. Until then, I'm Ted Fattel saying stay safe. And bye for now. Hey, sports fans, it's a great day at Sports Scene. Pick up a copy of our newest magazine at your local high school sporting event or at a retail outlet near you. Great stories on your favorite high school and student athletes. Looking for sports photos? Sports Scene has them. We are at the games. Check us out at highschoolsportscene.com. See thousands of photos and stories at highschoolsportscene.com. Keeping our high schools and student athletes in the news. Z92.5 The Castle is a proud supporter of high school sports and sports scene. Listen up. Copy variety of the 80s, 90s, and now. All the music I want to hear. The station serving Corona Perry, Nelson, Fowler, Alma, Breckenridge, and a little bitty piece of Lexing. WJSC, Ashley Owasso. It's awesome, yeah. Z92.5 The Castle.